Blog Talk Radio. I told the guys, I said, guys, the party just started. I mean, those guys are, are getting mad, and we were, I mean, we were winning, so uh, it's, it's a rivalry game. That's what you expect in a rivalry game. They're not just going to give up and just let us beat them. I made a promise to my team. I, I said, I said, guys, I'm not, I'm not turning the ball over no more this game. And, and I, I kept that because I knew that was, that was really the only reason I felt the only reason that they scored. I mean, mm-hmm. our defense was playing an amazing game. They scored off every one of my turnovers. So I told them, I said, guys, I'm not turning the ball no more. Because I told them, I, and I went, this is the first time I went to the defensive side. I mean, we have a little current, and I went to the defense. I said, I promise y'all, I promise y'all I'm not, I'm not throwing them. Because I know that if we don't turn the ball over and we don't do anything wrong, they cannot stand on the field with us. Those are the ones you remember. Those are the ones, you know, that, that first half, they were in it. You come out the second half, you put your will upon them. You act, and let me say what you did. You got the emotion a little bit down, and you start acting. You were consistent. The consistency, guys, it kills people. They can't stand it. In every play, you're doing the right thing. Don't get bored with consistency. That's what it's about. That's what championships are about. Consistency and execution. That's what you did the second half. The words of Florida State quarterback Jameis Winston and coach Jimbo Fisher pretty much sum it all up, Hurricane fans. When Winston stopped turning the ball over, throwing the ball to Miami's safeties, the Hurricanes could not score. They were shut out in the second half, and it was a harsh reality check for the Miami program as Florida State showed up significantly better. And it was the consistency of the Seminoles that did kill the Hurricanes in this game, as Miami was consistently inconsistent. The combination was lethal, and Miami came home to rally the troops for the rest of the season. The future goal and and all Miami's goals are still in front of them. They must beat Virginia Tech and Duke the next two weeks to seize control of the ACC's Coastal Division so that they can set their sights on a rematch with FSU and a possible BCS Bowl game appearance. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and the world has not come to an end. We're once again here, getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in hurricane sports. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, just like we do every week, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646 646- Five nine five two zero four eight. That's six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We're going to put FSU week to bed, including a discussion on the recruiting impact of the Knowles victory. And for that, we're going to be joined in the nine o'clock hour by Rivals.com recruiting analyst Keenan Codrington. Take some of your calls. And we're also going to look ahead to Virginia Tech, a team that has beaten Miami four of the last six times that the teams have met but also a squad that has had its own struggles in recent weeks, dropping two in a row in stunning fashion to Duke and Boston College. Turnovers and erratic play from quarterback Logan Thomas have been the biggest issue for the Hokies, but Al Golden and company know that with a high-quality defense to rely on, that Thomas is always capable of snapping out of it, and they expect to have their hands full this weekend in the 7 o'clock game at Sun Life Stadium. Over the past two days, as always, We've asked Canesport.com subscribers to identify some of the topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. Why is Stephen Morris still inconsistent? You heard the Knowles talk about consistency. Well, on certain plays, Morris looked like an NFL quarterback. Those two touchdown passes to Alan Hearns were as good as it gets. But then other times he struggled in the ballgame. 
We'll discuss why he's inconsistent. Why is the offense in general underachieving this year? With Duke Johnson out, does the game plan get conservative now? How many more years than recruiting classes is it going to take from Miami to get to the Florida State level that everybody saw on Saturday night? Why did Duke Johnson's season end with just four pass receptions? Why isn't the short passing game used more in the Miami offense? And is that the answer to better offensive efficiency and production for the Hurricanes? The short yardage running game has been a struggle all year. We've talked about it many times on this show. Why haven't adjustments been made? Why was Duke Johnson still the guy being counted on in that situation at Florida State? We'll talk about that. What about Mo Hagens, the fullback? Will he get any reps at tailback now, particularly in those short yardage situations? Why does the defense continue trying to bend and not break when it keeps breaking? Why aren't they playing more aggressive in the secondary? Did Miami get bigger, stronger, and slower on defense in the offseason, or was Florida State just that fast? Why aren't some of the younger guys playing anything else but special teams? Guys like Alex Figueroa, Artie Burns, Jamal Carter, is now the time to start a little bit of a transition on that Hurricane defense and get more of the young kids involved in a more significant role and see what they can do. We were asked to compare the losses to Notre Dame last year and FSU this year. What's the difference between the two Miami teams that got blown out in each game? And has UM really improved in the past 12 months? Was there really as wide a talent gap as some are suggesting between Miami and FSU the other night? And why did the Hurricanes get more love last week from the national media? They were even laughing about the Canes on SportsCenter, and Miami was not able to change those perceptions in the ballgame. Why is Clemson number seven and Miami number 14 when they lost to FSU at home? Why does the team seem to improve so much in the offseason, but then when the season starts, there does not seem to be improvement as the games go along? Is the entire season on the line this weekend? Is it win against Virginia Tech or go home? And if FSU was the opponent again this week, what could change in the Miami game plan to give the Hurricanes a chance to win? So there's a lot on our plate tonight, Hurricane fans. So much to talk about. And I hope everyone will call in and and join me on the show as we attack these issues. Again, the call-in number, 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We're going to go right out to the phones, and we're going to begin tonight in the 770, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Uh, doing good, a little fired up, you know. A lot to discuss tonight, you know. We got a lot to talk there about. There is. I I have a list um, that I wanted to kind of tackle. Go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm sure. Hope we got time. We'll, we'll to make talk time about, this, by the way. Um, oh, this is Coach. That's my that's my name on the board. Coach seven nine seven nine. All right, Coach. I haven't posted Go ahead. in a while. Fire away. Um. Basically, I wanted to talk a couple of things. One, watching this Miami team this season and even the Florida State team, um, definitely the team in the mid-'90s to the late-'90s, that team that was coming off of the schedule uh, that was rebuilding. And it seems like, you know, all the coaches get fired to this. Um, hey, Coach, you're, you're breaking up, and, and we lost you there, so I'm, I'm going to have to get you to call back. 
Um, in the meantime, we're going to go out to the 347, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on, man? This is Kwame. How are you? Hey, what's up, Kwame? How are you doing this week? Uh, I, I'm a little deflated. <laughs> I, I, I mean, um, you know, I can accept the L because, you know, we could see them again in the ACC championship game and get some revenge when it really counts. However, we got a double L when you lose our best player for the year on a play, on a fourth and two play uh, that I, I really thought Coley was going to go play action there. I, I just didn't think for the life of me he was going to run a five foot nine, 194-pound tailback through that defensive line and think that he was going to get those two yards. And even though Duke was having a good game, I mean, I think up to that point he had about like 94 yards rushing. But short yardage is not his stick. He's never been a push-to-pile kind of guy. He's a scat back, and he's great in space. And I'm just wondering, uh, maybe you have more insight than I do, because obviously you, you live in the, uh, in the Miami area, but well, what's Coley's philosophy on short yardage? Is he is, – because uh, I don't think Dallas could nor Duke have the frames to push the pile versus uh, uh, the fullback – uh, Mo Hagens, or even, you know, working extra overtime to get guests ready. I mean, I, I think, you know, they they have to address that going forward because there is no way we're going to be able to achieve the goals that we set, especially against Virginia Tech, with those starting D tackles that they have on their front line and push the pile. Have you heard anything from Coley as to why he went for a, well, a let you get back there on fourth and two? Let me say a few things. I mean, it's been a subject we've talked about all year. I mean, if we're seeing it, the coaches are obviously seeing it. And um, they've got to pick somebody to run the ball on these short yardage plays. And, and it's the choice has been Duke or Dallas Crawford. And, um, you know, clearly they don't trust Gus Edwards in that role yet, uh, you know, for whatever reasons. You know, they're out on the practice field every day. And, and I can tell you, Gus Edwards was recruited to do that. You know, and to do it this year, and they've decided not to put him in that role. So, whatever that reason is, you know that that's that's been the decision. And um, but I agree with you that it's it's really hurt this offense this year. These short yardage situations, they've been failing on most of them. Um, but at the same time, I think because they're running the ball so well in the normal flow of the offense. They have incredible belief in the offensive line and certainly in Duke, who everybody considered their best player, you know, to get things done in those critical situations. And, uh, you know, we could play Monday morning quarterback or, you know, and, and be right. And, and, you know, I, I agree. It, it, it's something that we've spoken about on this show a lot. But, uh, you know, the coaches are the ones that have to make those decisions. And they decided to go with Duke. And, uh, you know, it just it didn't work out. I hope and pray that in this next class, if it's not going to be Gus, then they need to bring in a big bruising back that can spell uh, and, and, and get and get those those short yardage. Because if you look at, you know, the Alabama team uh, from last year, even the Florida State team, they bring in Wilder on those short yardage goal line plays. Yep. They even had well, that look, it, was, that it was supposed to be Alex Collins. It was supposed to be Alex Collins, and he left them at the altar. You know, imagine what this team and this offense looks like right now with Alex Collins. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another point of uh, a bone that I had to pick with at our performance was, you know, I understand, you know, just from reading some of the accounts uh, and, and, and what went down as far as the off and no strategy on defense, they were going to try to mix up the coverages, play a lot of zone, uh, and try to hit Kim with a four-man rush. I love, you know, uh, the U, but we haven't had a dominant defensive line in a long time. And I think AQM and McCord are eventually going to be the guys, but they're not there yet. They're situational pass rush guys that are not, you know, first and second down guys. And, you know, I'm wondering why. Tommy, they're just, oh, why? They're just getting by. They're just getting by right now. You're absolutely yeah. correct. You know, there's no impact players on the defensive line. AQM, None. I think, has potential to develop into that type of player, but he should be redshirting this year. He shouldn't be out there. And that's the problem with the Miami program right now is you saw the talent disparity between Miami and Florida State, and to try to bridge that gap, Miami's having to play any quality true freshman that they get every year, and I don't think next year is going to be any different. And, you know, it's, it's hindering the overall development of the program because guys are playing too soon. I mean, Anthony yeah. Ciccolo would be looking a lot better than me right now if he were a sophomore instead of a junior. As a junior, he's looking pretty darn average to my eyes. Um, As and, a redshirt sophomore, he would be... You know, yeah, I mean, he he he'd be on pace, yeah, and you know, I just think that this program's not really going to be able to get back until it could start redshirting more freshmen again, and particularly the linemen because that's you know it's just tough to physically compete up there, um, yeah, you know, and I and I think that's what we're seeing in combination with the fact that there just are not any impact players. Uh, I mean, right now Miami's just getting by. Can I make a suggestion? Because I mean, I. I don't mean to disparage a young man, you know, but I don't want to see A.J. Heisman on the field anymore. He misses way too many tackles. He is always missing his coverage assignments. What did we get this kid Jamal Carter for who's supposed to be an all-world safety? We we never see him on the field. And even, you know, I guess the same Savannah State, I want to see what the kid has to offer out there. Because, you know, A.J. Heisman, he's killing me. That that thirty yard bomb to to Kelvin Benjamin, Lord have mercy. I mean, if, if Benjamin had to realize that you know uh, uh, AJ was damn near going to whiff on the on the on the uh, on the hit, I think he might have gathered himself and tried to get up and, and run for the touchdown. But you well, know, he, I, had, I, he had a rough game, Kwame. He had a very tough game the other night. Rough game. And the, the problem that AJ has, and he's a great kid. And he's a real smart kid, and he doesn't make mental mistakes, and that's why the coaches like him. But the problem is when he gets into games against these better teams that are athletic, he is way overmatched in my opinion. And, and, and that's where it became problematic the other night. He couldn't begin to cover or tackle Florida State's athletes and you know, just really had a tough game. And you know, I, I felt very early on in watching that game that Miami needed to stay big at safety position. I liked the look with Jenkins and Bush. I, I thought yeah. they you know I thought it was why a quality did he keep out the safeties? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why the, the offensive there line are obviously our two best so safeties. I don't there know. Are two I, I you best know guys. I, I get you know, right now it's their philosophy. It's part of the process, you know, play a lot of guys, keep reps down, keep guys fresh. 
But, you know, I'm just not sure that they have the depth of talent yet and to really, really do that in these top-level games. And, and, you know, they're getting blown out against every top-shelf opponent that they play. And um, I'm thinking my observation is that they may have to change this approach at some point, you know, and you gotta, you know, you, you gotta be willing to go. I mean, you know, I remember back to the days when, you know, guys like Dan Morgan would have three IVs during a game because they'd be so exhausted because they were playing from start to finish. And, um, I just don't know that Miami has enough really good players right now that it can afford to put any of them on the bench at any time. How did that loss affect our recruiting? Uh, I, I, guess, I guess it's a double-edged sword, you know. None, because I think the kids that, w- that were affected by it weren't coming anyway. I mean, Miami's, mm-hmm. you know, Miami's doing a very good job of recruiting. You know, I, I think they're in on a lot of kids. Um, they just need to take care of business and finish out the season the right way. If they do, I think they'll be fine in recruiting. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more with Keenan Codrington later in the show and get his opinion. But I don't think it'll impact them negatively at all. I think I think it'll impact Florida State positively, and Florida State's going to get a few more kids that might have been in attendance the other night. But I don't think it's going to take any kids away from Miami. Well, you know, I, I'm just hoping uh, that this particular loss is not a dovetail because, it, you know, this is the first loss of this season for, for the squad. And, you know, how you get how you, how they get up from this, well, they can't let it be, be a lot about Exactly. They can't let it be. All right. So we'll see, man. Thanks a lot, right, man. man. Hey, thank, thank you. Thank you for calling. We'll talk to you again uh, next week. All right, let's shoot Take out care. now to the, um, to the um, let's see, the, we'll go to the 917 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's Hello? up? Hey, who's this? Gary. This yes, is sir. Hurricane. Hey, what's up, what's BK? What's up, Gary? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Listen, um, you know, after the Florida State game, you know, I was upset, you know, pretty much like everyone else. But, you know, after I had a chance to calm down and, you know, kind of like really analyze things, you know, maybe maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think we're that bad. They're not bad. They're 7-1. and one. That's not no, bad. I mean, in terms of, I, mean, I mean, in terms of personnel, because I think during the off season. You know, uh, you know, I stay on the boards a lot, and during the offseason, a lot of people were saying, wow, if we could just maintain our offense and get 50% better on defense, we'd be a pretty good team. But the problem is we, we became 50% better on defense, but our offense became 50% worse. Well, I'm not sure it's 50% worse. I mean, it had its moments last year, too. If you look at yeah. every game that Miami's played the last well, two years against the bottom, no, come, on, come on, wait a minute, BK. BK, one second. Look at every okay. game against good teams. Okay, by good I mean Kansas State last year, Notre Dame yeah, last Notre year, Dame, yeah. Flor- Florida State this year. Okay, forget about losing some of the games to average teams, you know, because you're just not quite good enough to win every week. I'm talking about the games against the elite teams. Miami has been totally outclassed. Okay, and I think that's what you have to look at if you want to really get an assessment of where the program is right now. I mean, there's a lot of very good players on this team. Um, this is a team capable of getting to the ACC title game. Um, but is, yeah. it a top five, is it a top five team right now? No, it's not even no. close. Not no. even close. I was, kind of, I was kind of looking at it the opposite. Like, the teams that we were supposed to beat last year, we just crushed. 
and the teams that were supposed to beat this year, we barely won. Not because of the defense, but because of the offense. Well, I'll disagree with that. I think the defense has played a big role in it because um, teams are just owning the football. I mean, the, the time of possession in all these yeah, games yeah, has been abysmal. No right. I mean, same as last year. But, but you can't score if you're on the sideline. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but to me, the defense is just a little bit more better this year than it was last year. Maybe because of the depth. It is. You know, maybe that it could be better. it. But that's why but, they're seven you know, and one. That's why they're seven yeah, and one. All right. Uh, listen, you know, they lose uh, those games have, last year. I have one question for you. Well, two, two really. You're, um, last about, year you're four and four right now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You would be four and four. That team. Yeah. Yeah, one is about recruiting. I know you have Keenan coming on a little bit later, but maybe you could ask him. Um, with our recruiting at the linebacker position this year, right? You know, where are we with that? Because I'm, you know, I don't know what's going on with that. Like, maybe is it me or maybe I'm just not knowledgeable on the guys that we do have kind of verbally committed right now. But they just don't seem like, you know, they're, you know, they're not, like, jumping out at me. You know, we're Here, not here's really recruiting on. any stud linebackers, right? Well, I mean, stud, we'll see. But um, here's what's going on. They're trying to get bigger, okay, at the linebacker right. position. It's a concerted effort to get bigger at the linebacker position. So, you know, right now on the commitment list, you got Jawan Young, who's 6'3", 227. Okay. Um, you've got uh, Terry McRae, who's 6'3", 205. Um, you, know, you, see, you know, you're seeing a pattern there. And then they've got right. this um, Darian Owens kid, who's 6'3", 217 right now as a high school defensive back. Um, projected as a linebacker. Um, so you're seeing a big size difference. All kids 6'3", all kids that are you know, 220 pounds and up in high school, uh, and they're, right. trying to get big, they're trying to get bigger at the linebacker position. So, um, you know, I think they still need one more, and I, I think they, they're, they're, they're going to try to find one more. I wouldn't be surprised um, if it weren't a JUCO. Linebacker, but um, right. That's what I was saying. You think you should go to junior college route just to get someone with experience, someone yeah. that could pretty much kind of just step right in because we're losing. Yeah, I think, they uh, should, aren't we losing I think that guys? you might see that. You might see a, a one JUCO body at that position. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But the, you know, they're trying to get bigger and more physical at linebacker, and they need to. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But I'm worried about the linebacker recruitment because I'm seeing a lot of teams now, especially Florida State, for example, you know, they're like their linebackers aren't that big because they're like defending the edge and more, you know, like they're waiting to defend spread offenses, things of that nature. So I think Kevin Smith is like 210, 215 or something Yeah, that like wasn't that. a great that – was, that was probably the weakest spot on their team, the linebackers. Miami was so? able to run the ball very well at times. Right. Just didn't but do they did defend that edge pretty well, though. Yeah, they're fast. You know, they yeah, have speed. They did defend but, that edge you know, pretty well. But you're talking about a, a potential national title team. I mean, when I say the weakest spot, that doesn't mean it's bad. But, um, you yeah. know, Miami needs to get bigger, more physical at linebacker. I mean, you saw even in that game on Saturday, even Denzel Perriman was really a non-factor. <laughs> you know, it was linebacker was a big problem for Miami in, in that game the other day, I thought. Yeah, it was. It was. What about with Kelvin King, though? Like, like what's going on with him? He's just never been in the plans with this coaching staff. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, 
it's a shame, but you know he's just never, you know, for whatever reason, just never really has fit with what they're trying to do. Yeah, big kid that would have a good play every, you know, every yep. time he gets in the game, you know, something good happens. Okay, sure. one other question. Um, all right, on defense, right? Um, is it just me, or did, or is, uh, you know, Darius Smith? The best player we have on defense, Ladarius Gunter, the quarter, the cornerback. Gunter, I'm sorry, Ladarius Gunter. Yeah, absolutely. This year is probably the best player on the defense. I think he's become an unbelievable cornerback. I think, other than that one play in the North Carolina game, he is doing a phenomenal job. He is. Yeah, he's gotten really like he's, good. He is going to be an NFL cornerback. You watch. Yeah, he is. He's isn't he like six one? He's probably a little bigger than that. You know, I'd have to look at what they list him at on the roster, but you know, I'd, I'd say he's at least six two. You know, and um, he's really become good in coverage, and he's the only guy out there making plays on the ball. You know, I, know. I mean, I mean you know, Tracy Howard. Every time he's on the field. And Tracy Howard also. I mean, Tracy Howard's gotten better this year. Um, he's not at the yeah, Gunther yeah, level yeah. yet. Tracy's gotten but, better, and, and Jenkins is. Um, yeah, I like Jenkins. You know, maybe yeah, that's Jenkins a personal doing a pretty favorite. Nice job Jenkins also. is pretty good. Yeah, he's doing a pretty yeah, nice but, job. But Gunther, Gunther, without question, is the the, the the star of the of the year. Yeah, because every time the defense is on the field, it's Gunter. Gunter, everything's Gunter. Every other yeah. nah, Gunter tackle this, but not drop past this. You know, you know he's pretty yeah. good. But all right, um, I'll be looking forward to hearing what Keenan has to say about our recruiting. But I'm I was just a little worried about our linebacker recruiting. That's all. All righty, thanks for calling. We'll uh, right. we'll talk to you again next week. All right, let's shoot now to the eight one three where uh, you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Yes, sir. Oh, I, I know I was in. Hey, um, You're on. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I got a couple of questions. Uh, okay. Uh, I know you uh, you were saying earlier that uh, my question is, uh, on the defense side, okay, they didn't look bad, okay? Uh, I think, you know, D'Nafio had a pretty decent scheme against Winston because he did not light him up. You know, he threw a lot of underneath passes. Um, but my problem was uh, the true freshman, uh, HM, uh, uh, I when he got there, I think he just froze up. And, and my bit. question is, you know, my question is, do we have the talent? I mean, I think don't we have some sophomores and juniors that's a little bigger? Um, Talent-wise, to bring in like oh, what I can't think of a thing. Number ninety-seven, Pollitt, whatever his name is. Toilet. I mean, uh, what's the name? The defensive end, number ninety-seven. How much Yeah. And uh, he's yeah. not. You're not going to see him anytime soon. If any, if somebody can play, you're seeing him out there. Okay. So and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I feel bad. You know, um, uh, well, once again, this is a twenty-one G my. I don't want to call last about the uh, Are we? I mean, I understand we we looking at Davin Cook. We looking at um, um, the guy from uh, who committed to Georgia. Uh, I can't forget so, guy's Sony name. Michelle. I, Michelle. I mean, yep. do you see them being? I mean, as frame, I see them got different frames than Duke Johnson. Um, is this really that we should be looking at them guys as a feature bank for Miami? It just seems like we should get bigger. I mean, we need guys that Well, they bigger. they want to get bigger. They want to get bigger at the running back position, but you got to be able to get one of those guys. I mean, you know, Cook is a little bit of a bigger back. But the guy that I would – and I've been saying this for a few weeks – 
keep an eye on Bo Scarborough, okay? Because, you know, I don't think it makes sense for that kid to go to Alabama. I really don't. And, um, you know, I, I just have a feeling that he's one that could become a little bit more serious about Miami here as we go forward. I, I was just talking about that with one of the guys on my job. Uh, we looked him up. Um, he committed to Miami, but I was like, I mean, committed to uh, Alabama. I said, yeah, he's that committed guy to Alabama. But you know guy, they got a lot of run, they got a lot of really good running backs there. They're they're backed up, and you know obviously they'll take them. But I just I'm just not sure at you know about about that one. I wouldn't be. I'm just it's just a hunch. I you know not a lot of concrete information to go on yet. But I just have a feeling that he's going to take a serious look at Miami before we're done here. Okay. I got a couple more questions. Um, how do you think that they are? Holy go call the offense with Duke Johnson. I mean, Duke Johnson was a sports player, but I mean, I like Dallas Crawford. Uh, it, the only thing that concerns me is he don't have that stiff arm like Duke Johnson. I mean, it seems like he take a lot of uh, hard hits. He bounce off them, but it seems like he take a lot of hard hits. Yeah, I mean. See, uh, I think the plan has to change a little bit. You know, I I, I think it's going and I think it will. I. I think you're going to see a little bit more passing, you know, maybe a little bit more short passing, things like that. You know, obviously with Duke Johnson out of the equation, uh, the running game is no longer your necessarily your foundation. So, you know, we'll see how they approach this Virginia Tech game. Virginia Tech's really good on defense, really solid up the middle with very strong defensive tackles. I'm expecting Miami to have to throw the ball here on Saturday to win this game. Uh, I mean, because uh, I, I mean, I, uh, Morris looked he looked decent. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I still believe. I mean, I was a little hurt by it, but you know, it's just some things. I mean, I look, I re, I recorded the game. I look back. Uh, a couple of guys had some really good games. I know this. I mean, I'm looking at like, man, I, I, you know, Florida State looked good. They look. They just look like a whole, like a totally different team than what we have. But um, they were we consistent. They were good and they were uh, consistent. Yeah, and, and and that's what it's like when we are consistent, we don't stop. You know what I mean? But um, I was I was looking at the thing that Central Henderson back in the starting left tackle. I mean right tackle. I mean he looked he looked good in that game, and uh, you know so I'm glad he earned his position back. Uh, but I don't know. I think I I just think that recruiting wise we need to do some because uh, I mean we can't keep having this gap. I mean, some people tell me that you takes time, man. It years. takes time. It just takes time. It, it no. you know, unless, unless you're Nick Saban, it takes time. You know, there's one <laughs> or, or Nick Saban, or there's like two or three guys in the country that for some reason have a knack of doing this stuff quickly. But it takes four or five years to really turn a program around. You know, Coach Golden will get there. Yeah. All right, let me uh, let me let you go. Give us a call again next week. Okay. All right. All thanks right, for calling. Just keep them all, all right. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Not a problem. All right. Let's go out now to the um, the five one five where uh, you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how you doing? Good. I just got uh, got three things I want to talk about. First, uh, you know, there's been a ton of chatter on the on the war room about our defensive scheme. You know, obviously after every game, you know. We saw it a lot last year, and now, uh, you know, after we finally lose a game this year, we've got all the uh, sideline coaches, um, you know, 
coming up with reasons why we need to change our scheme, what scheme we need to do, that we need to fire Coach D. And you know, I, I thought I he did know, a great job like, the other day. Uh, I thought Coach D was really good the other day. Yeah, I mean, it's driving me nuts. Just, I just, I don't get, I don't get what these people see. I mean, you know, I mean, he did everything. I mean, he 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 was blitzing from everywhere. He was mixing coverages. The kids just, to, to my eyes, they didn't play aggressive enough at times. Right. You know, right. I, 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 way too many receivers wide open. Way too many receivers being allowed to catch the ball twenty yards downfield before they're touched. You know, it's just, it's right. too easy. It's just too easy. It, but it's, but it, that's it not Coach Nafrio's fault. Right, I agree. It comes down, bottom line is we don't have a defensive line that can consistently get pressure on the quarterback. And we also don't have all-world secondary. You know, if we had an all-world secondary, it wouldn't be a huge problem. And we could have them, you know, run in man and play in more aggressive coverages, but we don't have an all-world secondary. And if you can't get pressure on the QB and your secondary isn't strong, then you're just going to get burned. I mean, we got burned all last year, you know, and, and we and we were playing Ben Don't Break, la- you know, last year, and it, it was just bad. Now now we're seeing, you know, our defense is actually winning us games despite this, you know, this Ben Don't Break that everybody hates. But, I mean, we're forced. We have no choice. I mean, if we – if these guys yeah, – You, still, you don't have coverage, the players right now to play any differently. You really don't. I mean, exactly. it would be nice I, to be able to to do all kinds of crazy stuff out there, but they they don't have the players right now to do a whole lot more. Yeah, I, I mean, even when I they mean, blitz, the blitzers couldn't get there. It's, it's just you know, they were blitzing people. corners and linebackers and safeties. Nobody could get to the quarterback. It, it's it's nuts. Everybody, you know, I don't know what these people are saying. I, I, I mean, that game would have been they would have put sixty points up on us if we were playing man coverage all game long. Yeah, I mean, they, they actually did a pretty good job when they did play man coverage. You know, they mixed it up. They played some man in the game the other day, and they really didn't do too bad. The, 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 it was the zone that was soft. So, I don't, yeah, know, but I, know, I don't know. I, just, you played that all, I saw you played a team that, that just wasn't long. anywhere near as good. I, I didn't think second, Yeah, just weren't as good. Second, second topic I wanted to cover, you know, Virginia Tech. Um, now, you know, all that said about about the aggressiveness of the defense. You know, Virginia Tech doesn't have a run game. They don't really have much of a passing game. Really, all they've got going for it on offense is Logan Thomas's ability to make plays with his feet. Um, you know, all that said, I expect a much more aggressive defensive game plan uh, than we've seen. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you know. I think that's going to be the goal this week is to try to get the kids to play more aggressively. There's no question. Yeah, I mean, would you? You know, I, I was looking at it. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked to see something similar to like a you know a wide nine or a, a forty six type of defense. You know, where we're bringing you know five guys at at least five guys at Logan Thomas on almost every play. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what he's going to choose to do, but I, I just, I'm looking for more aggressiveness in general. But the thing, one of the things that's really bothered me, not just about the defense but the offense as well, is that there are eight games into the season, and every week, um, you know, you're hearing the same thing about how it's the little things that got us. You know, one guy not doing his job on a given play, and you hear it on both offense and defense, and I just don't get it. Like, you know, 
how it was, you know, they, they've had spring practice, they've had off-season workouts, they've had fall practice, training camp, and now they're eight games into the season. I mean, how do guys that are out there not know what they're doing? You know, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm confused by that, you know. Men- you know we're mental errors. I mean, it's, yeah, but Al Goldman said the so mental errors are down 50%. He's excited. He says they've cut well, them in that's half. A, that's why we're But they're still one. making them. <laughs> yeah, so that's why we're 7-1. Yeah, it, yeah, they've cut yeah, them in half. I, I agree. Um, last thing I want to talk about is, you know, you talked about Bo Scarborough with uh, one of the last callers. Um, you know, I, I've, I've watched this kid's video, uh, been following it a little bit. Honestly, he should be, if he's not already, the top back on our board. Um, well, I, I think, he is exactly what the doctor ordered for this team in combination with he, the other guys that they're bringing in. Yeah, I think he is, without question, the second best running back in the country. Leonard I mean, yeah, you can have Duke for two more years because uh, I don't. he's not going out early. I can't imagine that. Okay, no, you, can have Duke, you can have Duke for two more years. You can have Yearby. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you want to get you want to get that big back. He's like he's exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, I mean, he's a, that dude is a monster. I mean, he's he's as close to as good as Leonard Leonard Fournette as anybody in the country. He's got ridiculous top end speed, great vision, great cuts, and just insane power. So I I hope to God there that they've got him number one on the board. I'd I'd take him if I had the choice of him or both. Dalvin Cook and Sony Michelle, I'd take him. Yep, and send send the other two back in. You might be right. That's you know, my opinion. But Bo could play more than running back now. That kid's a freak. So we'll see. That's true. We will see. All right. All right. Thanks for calling. Uh, give yeah, us a call again next week. Now we're going to go out to the seven seven zero where you're now live on King Sport Live. How you What's up? Hello, here? you're on the air. What's going on? Very disappointed, very disappointed. But, like you say, we, we only lost one game. So, hey, I guess you have to live with what you got. Got to move but on, right? Going, yeah, we got to move on. But I'm not like a lot of guys. I'm not looking at these players because we done been through so many classes, and we keep pointing next year they're going to be ready. So I'm on the end. I'm on the mindset where something – I wish I could get in one of those practices, like sneak in as a ghost or something and find <laughs> out what's going on down there. You know, find out what the process, you're supposed to find out what that process was all about. <laughs> when we're going to involve some physicality, some toughness, you know, we just don't look like we're mentally getting it in practice. You know, when I look at our offense, we don't run, we ran run one slant route over the middle to the receiver. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, well, it didn't work because it don't look like we practiced it. We haven't ran that all year. I think we ran one the game before, and that was it. We, I think we ran two slants all year. We saw none last year. So it ain't going to work when you don't practice it and you don't do it that often. It I, don't like, know if you, it, I don't know if you noticed, but but I, I didn't think Morris delivered the ball at the right time on that play. No, he delivered, he delivered it too early. It looked like he had a hot potato in his hand. Yeah, he didn't, wait, he didn't wait for the receiver to clear, yep. He didn't talk. We don't. It don't. It looked just like it got ran. Like we haven't done it all year. And we didn't do it all last year. That's what it looked like. The same thing with the running back screen. We we tried. Florida State didn't blow that up. We just didn't execute it. And we don't run them enough. We don't. Don't look like we even look like we just get in the 
game and say, okay, we're going to run a slant. We're going to try to slant. We're going to try to, we're going to try to um, the screen. So I think a lot of it, we don't, you know, we haven't threw the ball to the running backs. How many times they threw the ball to their running back? How many times they hit the ball over the middle short? That kid is great. He, I was really impressed with the way he hit his checkdowns. He, he's, he's good. <laughs> Well, they work on it. That's what you know, they he threw. He, he threw a couple horrible balls that that got intercepted. But I mean, beyond that, I mean, that kid is that, that kid's solid because he's solid. More, I think he's more solid mentally than physically. But he didn't. He didn't come there. He didn't come there. Well, Jimbo fishing him. They got a sister. just like that kid out of Alabama. Alabama. What his name? McCarron. Yep. He's in a great system. They run all kind of crossing routes and underneath. They send post people up to clear out underneath for the open man and all kind of stuff is going on. What do we give Morris? From left hash to sideline, from right hash to the right sideline. We don't attack. The defense ain't got to worry about us going over the middle, but once or twice a game, when he did try to throw to the tight end, I don't know what he was thinking over the middle, but it wasn't, no, it wasn't nobody. He knew where he was going. They called the tight end over the middle, and it looked like he was throwing no matter what. We gotta get we gotta get more creative with our um with our scheme on offense and on defense. You know, I'm just tired of looking at well it's gonna be next year. What's gonna be different? Oh. To get the more creative gonna... you, you you need the guys um executing yeah. consistently with what you're doing now and they're not. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, so, yeah, so you can't yeah. you can't go to the next level if you got but, your core offense and they're not executing but, it efficiently and consistently Every single week, it's hard to start putting in, in extra stuff, you know? Gary, listen, listen, man. Listen, I, I'm trying to, I'm like you, I'm trying to figure out stuff. I'm trying to create stuff to convince myself, you know, and just tell myself stuff so I can believe something otherwise than what it is. Great job. Great job, Florida. On defense, he did a great job. They punted one time the whole game. <laughs> I, I I mean I thought he did a good job trying to stop. No 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 no. Whatever. Well, what yeah, would you have done that. different? What 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 do you think he could have done differently? You're right. You're right. He tried. I guess he tried stuff. But just like we tried that flat, we gotta teach them boys. We gotta work at it. I don't know if you go to the practices or not and see what's going on down there. But I, I I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just under the mindset. We're not hitting hard enough in practice. We're not throwing the slants in practice for our receivers. Our defense ain't covering it in practice. That's why when they see a slant in the game, they act like they never saw it before. And when our offense try to run it, they don't have the timing to do it. Same thing with the screenplay that Florida State ran on us. I've been saying this for four or five years. Our linebackers act like the running back is invisible. Get out there and hit that guy. You don't have to wait but, but Steve, they're set. They're, they're seven and one. You know that they're they're not good enough to be a top five. Maybe not even a top ten team. But they're seven I'm and one. They got they got a big game on Saturday. You know, I think you just gotta hope that they can you know rally the troops here and show up big on Saturday night. And it's one game at a time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, sometimes I, you're just know not good I, enough. I, you know, sometimes no, you're just know, not good I, enough. Hey, but we're not that bad. That's what I'm trying to get to these oh, kids. Oh, no, you're so, seven and one. Get what you're I'm saying. Seven and one. Get, get what I'm saying. We're not that bad when we should have struggled with weight like we did. When we struggled with North Carolina. 
I saw this coming a mile away with Florida State. You know, they had Florida State a 21-point underdog, and I knew the way we had them playing leading up to it. You know, I at least thought we'll come out and don't let them make the spread. I at least thought we'll come out. You tell me this. We just got off probation. I mean, not off probation. We just got a, you know, a, a Christmas gift or whatever they was calling it from the NCAA. You would think they put us on probation the way we've been playing the last three three weeks. Here, here's what I'll here's what I'll say to give to give some credence to what you're saying. There clearly are some things wrong when you're playing average teams like Wake and they're fighting you down to the last minute of the fourth quarter. There's no doubt about that. I, I'll totally agree with you on that. But in these games, like against teams like Florida State, like against Notre Dame last year, there was just a huge, huge, huge gap in the talent level of the team. And it is what it is. It's a little, maybe it's a little bit better this year than it was last year. But it's not a. I think we found out Saturday night that it's not a world better. It's not a. It's not a ton. It's not a ton better. It is better. And I thought Miami was more competitive against Florida State than it was against Notre Dame last year. But it wasn't a ton better. Look, look here. Check this out. Like, like that play with Highsmith. When he had a chance, he was there in plenty of time to make a play on that ball or knock that guy in the in the. Well, no, he wasn't, but he should have been. Because he was in position. He went, right behind, he went behind the guy. He was in great he, position. He, 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 took a bad an, he took a bad angle, didn't even try to make a play on the ball, and he was late yeah. getting there. Oh, he wasn't late. I got a deep T-bone because I rewinded like five times. I'm like, why in the hell didn't you hit the guy? Why would you go behind the guy? He went right by. He had a chance to hit that guy and dislodge the ball. Or, you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't have been passing the fence. But where, tell me this. If it's a 40-yard play down the field, which would you rather have? A pass interference call for 15 yards or just let the guy catch the ball? Absolutely. Then, you know, You're right. got to start being smarter. We gotta Steve, I love, smarter. I love when you call because, you know what? You know, you're tough, and 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 you're 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 a critic when you need to be a critic. But it's hard to argue with a lot of the things that you say. Hey, where you gotta be? Where you gotta be Saturday? I'm coming down. I'm coming. My birthday tomorrow. I'm coming to that game for Virginia Tech. I will be there. You gonna be there? Don't be I will scared be there. of me, man. They gotta have you. <laughs> I'm not scared yeah, of you. Hey, I'll tell you what. You want to come say hello? I'll be at the um, I'll be at the WQAM broadcast location um, at let's see what's it seven o'clock kickoff I'll be there at five o'clock at the W at WQAM broadcast location I, I go yeah, on the pregame come by, I'll let you, man. I'll come, come, by come by I'll and say come by and say hello I'd love to shake your hand yeah all right yeah. Steve so, hey thanks for calling right, and give everybody. us g- yeah give us a call again um, next week all right now let's go out to the um, the six seven eight where you're now live on Kane Sport Live how you doing tonight. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Coach again. Hey, what's up, Coach? Sorry about that. Uh, hey, no problem. Like, uh, my phone. I had got to a little better it. connection this time. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to – I kind of been listening to what people have been saying, and it's kind of getting to my point. And it, it comes back to, like, coaching, recruiting, and depth. You know, people, they'll judge the coaches, judge what Coach Coley's doing, what Coach D'Onofrio's doing. But it comes down to we just don't have the talent. You know, now, if you – offensively, we're we're 20 yards better than we were last year under Fish, okay? We're doing 460 a game. Last year we were doing 440. So with all the struggles that Morris has been having, 
with the running backs, you know, Duke being out, we're still doing better there, you know, but there's still we just don't have the the, 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 the talent. And it kind of starts with Morris to me, you know. It, he's, his fundamentals are just off this year, you know. And it's, it's been like that even before the injury, you know, before he – Well, like imagine how the, Coach Coley feels. You know, look at the two balls that he threw to Alan Hearns. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and, and that's and that's what it is. Never, like when, when his the, fundamentals are, are, are sound and they're there, but when they're off, it, it's just bad, you know. And it's like, you know, you can't really, you know, like the last Carter just said, you know, look at like EJ Manuel and the checkdowns, stuff like that. I mean, not that EJ Manuel, Winston and checkdowns. It's the same offense that Fisher's been running with Ponder EJ Manuel. Okay, Winston's just that good. That, that cat checks it down. He takes what he takes, what you, what you give him, and he makes the plays happen. It's the same place that E.J. Manuel had, the same place that Ponder had, okay? But those were losses to NC State, to Wake Forest, and Virginia, and Ponder and E.J. Manuel's years where Winston's making those plays. Those plays are available for Morris, okay? Morris' problem is Coach says read, read deep to short. Morris is reading short to deep. That though he made out to, uh, to Coley, that was late. That was a late pass, and that was on Morris. That's not on Coley. That's not on Coach no. Coley. That no was way. on Morris. He read late, you know. On, on defense, we on defense we just don't have the depth or the talent, you know. And and it's just a combination I think you have, of yeah, one. I think you have depth on defense. You don't have you don't have talent. No, we don't. We don't because I mean, like, okay, for example, the, the caller the, the caller no, earlier. You, wait, 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 wait. Let me rephrase that. You don't have game changing talent. You have you have talent, yeah. and and it's talent that's that that's marginally and yes, we will say marginally good enough to beat. North Carolina and Wake, and hopefully Virginia Tech on Saturday, but you do not have game-changing talent, and you don't have the kind of impact talent that you need to beat Florida State, a team playing as well as any team in the country, on its home field. No, not, I mean, not at all. I mean, look at our D-line. You know, Shayon Green is not, to me, he, he's a great guy, but he's not a minor defensive end. Okay. He's a body. He's not. He's, he's a body. He's not. He's not a Jamal Green. He's not. A, he's not a Cornelius Green. He's not. He's not a, a Jerome McDougal. He's just a. He's a body. Chicolo is, is good. He's a strong side. He's another body. He's another body. But he's not a pass rusher. Olsen no. Pierre is not. Is not a Miami defensive end. You, you know what got me, Gary? He's a, bo- he's a body. They're all. They're bodies. Renfro. They're, Renfro. They're, quali- they're quality bodies to play with. Exactly. Like like like. And they Renfro rotate them. They try to keep them fresh. But there's not an impact player among them. Mm, we, we, that's the thing. It comes down like like Coach D does not have the talent on D to do what everybody wants him to do. You know, no, and they're desperately, not, they're not a starter. They're desperately Gaines is not a starter. Gaines is not Gaines is no. not a Miami linebacker. Armbridge is not a Miami linebacker. There's no McIntosh. There's no Vilmas on this team. No, they're all bodies, and and they're so, trying you know, like heck to recruit them. But you know yeah. they've been they've, they've been recruiting the last couple of years under the cloud of sanctions. The five star kids and, and immediate impact kids were not coming here. And you know you look at all the, the the local talent that's been lost in the last four or five years. You know it's a tough deal right now. It's going to take a few more years. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that people, you know, even include myself sometimes, we have to practice patience because. You, it takes time because with, with the sanctions and what happened in the past where, where, where guys leaving early and us taking chances on guys like Gabe, Terry, like, Gabe, like, like Terry, like Gabe, like, like Blue, like Briscoe, and like Ivory, and even Eddie, Eddie, missing, um, Eddie Johnson. Man. Eddie was our the best fuck. linebacker. We I know. We took a chance on, on bringing him in. 
But look at all the misses. Look at all the turnover, the, the roster yeah. turnover. I mean, exactly. it, you know, that, that's not – you're not going to beat Florida State like that. Not you at know, all. Not, not, not when you have Jimbo who's had like about a seven-year head start on Al Golden. I mean, if you look at it, he was, he was off the coordinator for four years, head coach of William, four years at Florida State. He had time to learn the culture of Florida State. He had time to yeah, it's not like they had a bad culture. program when Bobby was there either. It's not like oh. they weren't recruiting good players then. He too. Exactly. You know. So, I mean, he, he's had opportunity to, 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 to get it. It's not like he was like Bob Stoops who left Florida and went to Oklahoma, you know, had to take over the first time head coach. He was already implanted there, knew the boosters, knew the, knew the culture, and knew what needed to happen. So he's able to make things happen, and he had run into an NCAA investigation. So they're able to accrue the talent. We just don't have it. Like, like, like you've been saying, like he was saying, it's going to take about two years because with this NCAA thing out of the way, now he's able to recruit and bring in the talent that we need to develop. Now, yep. now you can be able to get the JUCOs so that you can redshirt guys. You know, one, one thing people don't really realize that, that Nick Saban is really good at is that he, 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 he brings in JUCO players so that he can redshirt some of his freshmen. He'll bring in a Jesse Williams or, or a, a Dial, you know, or guys like that so that he can go ahead and redshirt like those four um, four-star defensive, defensive tackles yeah, but, he brought in. But let me tell you what Irvin. else he does. He gets, he, but he also coaches his kids and gets them ready to play quickly, and I'm going to give you an example. There's a kid out of Fort Lauderdale, Boyd Anderson, by the name of Eddie Jackson, who was not recruited by Miami, one of the biggest mistakes that Miami's made in recent years in not identifying this kid. Nick Saban mm-hmm. came in last year, stole this kid, took him to Tuscaloosa, and now he's, he's playing extensive minutes as a true freshman for the top team in the country. Um, you know, the because, just, but because, 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 but also because he's talented. You know, ta- talent, when you're talented, you're going, you're going to play. He's talented. You know, he's playing over a guy like John Fulton who's been there for like three or four years. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, he coaches them up, but he also brings in talent. You know, it's, it's, what's the kid we got, I think Northwestern, the, the receiver, the guy who's playing receiver who's, like, doing really good? Is it Mays? Yes. The guy, the guy we got on the crew, he's playing receiver right now who has, like, a like really good season at receiver, but recruiting him for defensive defensive back. Mm-hmm. That kid reminds me of a Jackson. He reminds me of a kid who can transition to defense because he's that kid that kid's blown up his senior year that's talented enough to play that, to play a position. Yep, well, you hope. But you I mean, hope, but you know, look, look, there's going to be 30 new kids brought into the program this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, in the off season, an, another 30. You know, I mean, Al Golden is doing everything he can do. And, and you know what, and, and my main message, and I'll, I'll let you go, because I know you're about to bring Keenan on. My main message is, you know, we have to practice patience. We can't sit there and say fire is fire that. We have to recognize that, one, Al Golden, you know, yes, we, yes we, he's a victim of, of what he's been able to do in terms of recruiting and bringing in Duke Johnson, Tracy Howards, but we also lost out on a lot of guys like, like, the, like the Keith Bryants, the, 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 the Bostics, the Alice Collinses, you know, because of the NCAA. We have to give them time to bring these people in, this talent in, so that they can go ahead and be where we need to be, where Miami's right. There is not, like, I think the coaches, when they're saying, you know, one guy's out of position, one guy's not making a play, it's coach speak. For, look, we're, just not, we're not as talented as we need to be. You know, we're, we're looking to defend Ebron. But we don't. But we. But AJ Highsmith and Arnold Brister aren't aren't talented enough to 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 to, to defend him, 
you know, to bracket him and stay with him with the speed. It reminds me of like, the dude from Remember the Titans, the, the guy who couldn't stay with that one guy, and they brought in the, the, the black kid to go ahead and stick him. You yeah, know, well, like, and they, not, they also have talented. kids making mental errors, you know. The mental errors are, are, are also killing them. All right, listen, yeah. um, thanks a lot for calling. We've got a full board here. I'm going to try to let a few other people get on. Um, give us a call next week. All right, no problem. Man. All right, man, thanks for calling. All right, we've moved um, Keenan Codrington back. Um, to about 9.15 or so, so that we can get more of your calls in. We've got a full board, so we're going to move on very quickly now to the 9.04, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing? Hello? You there? Hey, Gear. Yeah, I didn't want to hang up on you. You've been, you've been on hold for a while, so I gave, <laughs> oh, gave, you a chance yeah, to, I'm here. gave you a chance to wake up there. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good about myself. Who, who's this? Uh, my name is Ryan. All right, Ryan, what you got tonight? Hey, my question is, is about the offense. Um, I know everybody's kind of pulling on the defense pretty hard, but the thing is, the offense is going three and out, three and out, and they're keeping the defense, the defense on the field all night. And my thing with Mars, he's just been an absolute disappointment, you know. I mean, he's been like that his whole career, if you really look at it. He's never been consistent. He's consistent with being inconsistent, you know. He can right. never. I mean, he 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 he's been his whole career. Take back that that one season when Jacor got suspended for that first game, and Morris had to start. He played yeah. the same way in that game, you know, just like he did last night against Florida State. He's not consistent, you know. I don't You're know right. if he, I just don't know what the problem is with him, you know. But I'm glad he's a senior this year. We got to worry about him no more, but. People really give Jacory Harris more credit than what they gave him, you know, because I used to down Jacory. But as I look back, Jacory doesn't have a proper coaching. I think I think Shannon have a good supporting cast with him, you know. Jacory was a playmaker. He beat Florida State in Tallahassee. That's the last time we beat him in 09. Yeah. So we we need to kind of give Jacory more credit than what we did, you know. And my and I I move on to uh <clears throat> to the tight end. Uh, Walford, why do they keep going to this guy? You know, he, he he's, he's not good. He, just, he might be a good blocker, but he I was mean, a little he, jittery he, the other night. He was he was jittery. He was he he didn't he did not look very good the other night. But he's good, and they need to keep going to him. You think so? Well, he only dropped one ball. I mean, he juggled the other yeah. one, but but I mean, he's a big target. He can run. He's he's a Clive Walford is going to be an NFL tight end. Yeah, just he, a little he, he was a little He's nervous so the other weird. night. Hey, look, I remember a few years ago when Jimmy Graham was playing tight end, and he dropped or two or three balls at Virginia Tech that one game. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Now look at yeah. him. He's the best tight end in football. You know, Clyde, <laughs> yeah, Clyde right. Walford is going to be fine. He just he was hey. a little uptight the other night, you know, a little nervous and didn't do his yeah. best. You, you, you know, and then I really can't sport, and then Golden, you know, Al Golden, I think he's the right guy for the job. I I, I don't question Al, but every week I, I read Kane Sports. He keeps saying that we got we got you know Melton Miller errors and stuff. We got to clean it up. Well, I'm like you. I keep hearing this every week. I know. We I know. You know. Imagine how he when? feels. Imagine how he feels. He comes out there every week talking about it, and on top of that, he takes responsibility for it. He, he exactly. throws himself under the bus. He's the first one to say, and that's my responsibility. That's my job to get that fixed. And, you know, and then the next week, the same thing happens. So imagine what exactly. he feels like. 
you know, and then the same thing about Mars Ankle. I think he's 100%. And you know how many times I've heard that this year? I'm like, I mean, come on, Golden. Give, give me something you know else. What? I mean... If you, if you read between the lines, Al Golden's sick of hearing about Stephen Morris's ankle, and you know what that tells you? That tells you're right. You, you're right. That tells you he's sick about the inconsistent way that his quarterback's playing this year. Okay, you know he's living this. Al, Al Golden's living this stuff 19 hours a day. Okay, so yeah. as disgusted as the fans are, trust me, he's equally disgusted. He's he's not going to say it the way that you'll say it because he can't. Yeah. But if yeah. you read between the lines, you'll see, because he, he, he wears his emotions on his sleeve, you'll see he's feeling yeah. the same way you're feeling. Yeah, you, you, and like I said, I'm not going to really blame the defense because they're on the field all night. They're tired, you know, because Morris keeps putting them in bad situations. I mean, the guy, I, no, I just No, no, I'm not going that far. I mean, you could go that far. I'm not going that far. I, you know, okay, I think the defense, I, 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 the defense I, I had its own I, problem. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's got its own problems. I mean, they're they're not they're not there like they need to be, but they're better than last year. But my thing is, is that everybody was counting on the offense this year to carry the team, but it's it, it's been it's been a flip flop. It's been more the defense been carrying the team, even though like I said, the defense is not where it should be, but it's more better than it was last year. I will say that. But my whole thing is, our quarterback situation is horrendous. You know, Stephen Morris is a senior. There's no way in the world he should be making all those mistakes that he makes. I mean, he Jed, almost threw Jed seven interceptions against North Carolina. You know, they dropped two or three of those picks against North Carolina. It should have been about seven picks if you want to be truthful about it. You know what I mean? They dropped yep. two or three of them. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just he bad. Just, he doesn't seem to see the field well. He just doesn't seem to see the field well. I mean, but how do you have a freshman, a, a, a red-shirt freshman, Outplaying you like that. I mean, it, it it makes no sense to me. You know, it just makes no sense. It, to it me shouldn't. Ha- it should, should not happen. It should not happen. It now, should not Winston, happen. But, you know, Jameis is very good, and he's going to be a pro. Um, but it shouldn't be. That shouldn't happen. I agree with you. All right, you let know, me let some I, other people get on. Hey, um, thank thanks a million for calling. On, give us a call again next week. All right, then, Gary. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right, let's go now to the um, the seven seven zero. Where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's going on? Oh, how you doing? Who's this? Oh, this is uh, Royal. All right, Royal, what you got? Yeah, I got a few things, man. Um, first of all, um, I think when this season over, with, I think Golden needs to really sit down with himself, and he needs to really reevaluate his philosophy with his defense. I agree with you that his defense, uh, the defensive talent, I don't think, is not there. I think we're really missing Eddie Johnson and we're really missing Dion Bush. But I'll say this. I really don't know how good them guys are because maybe it's just me, but every step, it looks like to me they're backing up. They run into a spot. Now, I play ball. I play basketball, football. Athletes, Jerry, do not like playing zone. It's too much to cover. When you watch our defense, it's like watching the NFL defense. They they run into a spot. They don't know what the ball is. They don't know what the man is. It's it's just sickening watching our defense. And he also needs to really yeah. We have got to start developing a quarterback, man. This uh, this been going on. It's over ten years now that we are not developing the quarterback position. Ken Dorsey. No. Didn't have nowhere near the talent that some of these guys we brought in, the Kyle Rice, the Stephen Morris, he wouldn't even be on the same field with them. 
But brainwash, decision making, and, and don't, don't get me wrong, Dorsey had excellent talent around him. Stephen Morris got a pretty damn good offensive line in front of him. But for some reason, man, it just ain't clicking. I'm extremely And he's got a good receiver core. And it's a good receiver right. core. I mean, look and how good oh, Allen Hurts is playing. I love our receivers. But I'm going to tell you something, a problem I have with Morris. And I blame Golden. I really believe that Golden babies him. He coddles him. I'm going to put it to you like this. That coach over there in Tuscaloosa, Morris would probably, he probably wouldn't be on the team because that coach wouldn't put up with it. He flat out wouldn't put up with it. When you watch that kid come to the sideline, he reaching for the fitted, he got his tattoos, he pretty, it's on me. It, it's like the kid knows that it don't matter what happened, I'm going right back on the field. Think about it, Gary, his junior year, he missed spring. He come back fall, I'm the starter. He knows he's not coming out the game, and, and that really bothers me. You mean to tell me that this kid is allowed to throw four interceptions and come back in the game? You're telling me as a fan that the backup is straight garbage. Well, that's hard to believe. Ryan hard Williams to believe that the backup, huh? He's improved. He's better than he was. But how do we he, know that? How do we know that? If Ryan Williams is the quarterback the other day, you might have gotten shut out. Because let me tell you something. He is not making those two throws that Stephen Morris made. No chance. Stephen Morris, Stephen Morris makes fantastic throws. I was a huge supporter of Morris. Hey, Steve will tell you, me and Steve are real good friends. But at the same time, okay, let's go to the North Carolina game. I went back and watched that tape. I'm driving right now. I'm working on Thursdays all during the week. But from what everybody tells me, we could have ran the ball all night long. I'm trying to wonder if Mars is point-shaving. I watched that last interception he throws <laughs> when he rolls out. Well, hold on, Gary. I know it sounds crazy. He rolls out to his right. Now, he's supposed to have a bad ankle. He rolls out to the right and just throws the ball up. No. That looks like point-shaving to me. <laughs> that looks like you got some, some debt somewhere you're trying to pay off. That's <laughs> It was pretty bad, okay? But I'm not going to call it point. I'm not going to call it point shaving. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! The kid over at Clemson, they've already accused him of point shaving. He had a terrible game against Florida State. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to leave that alone. I hope that's not the case. But um, my coaches staff, Gary, I, they solved Gary. You look at that team. You look at the team every week. I'm sorry, Gary. They 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 soft. I'm a, the reason why I say this because when they when the guys come out to smoke, I don't see the intensity that made me a Miami fan. It's like they're just going through the motion when they're on the there's, field. There's not a lot of going raw through ballers. the motion. There's not yeah, a lot of raw ballers I, on the team. But when I, I agree but, with you, but Gary, there, there's not. When yeah. I listen to Denofio, when I listen to Coley. When I listen to Golden, I see the same thing. Your team is a reflection of your coach. I, no. Now, they don't, Al, they, Golden, they don't, Al Golden's a fiery guy now. So hey, I don't know that I would than I do, that. But when I see on TV, I, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I'm, I'm going to tell you something else. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, from, your, from your website, a few weeks ago, we played Georgia Tech. And this is going to sum it up for you. There was an article that from uh, D'Onofrio, a couple of quotes in the same article. 
he said that um, they was asking him about how to defend Georgia Tech. He said, well, um, the guys just got to they gotta run scared. Got to run scared. What? He said they got to run scared, and in the next paragraph down, they said, the guy said, well, you sent the uh, push on a nice blitz. He said, yeah, yeah, we sent him on a nice blitz. Uh, he made a good play. He made a strip sack. He said that if he doesn't strip the ball, it's a selfish play. What? So you mean to tell me that if he make a sack and the ball doesn't come out, that you're going to put him out of the game as a selfish play? Gary, I'm not lying. Go back and read it for yourself. Nah. About two weeks ago. That might have gotten serious. lost this a little is bit from in my, context. This I don't is know. from my defensive coordinator. This is from my defensive coordinator. <laughs> and I don't blame him. I blame Golden because I believe that is Golden's scheme. They want to run a zone. They want to keep everything in front of them. They played man, the man the other night. They played man a, a, a uh-huh. lot of the time uh-huh. the other night. I, I, I didn't see it. I, oh, and they did. Thing. Go back and watch the replay. They played They played okay. some man. They played, they played zone behind man. They tried everything. Uh, okay, let me ask you this. Now watch Kurt, Curtis Porter getting double teams. If he's getting double teams, Gary, why in the world is my middle linebacker backing up? That's what you want. You want the tackle to take on they double teams. So they the don't have the players to play the aggressively. They don't have it. Oh, they don't have goodness. the talent. They don't have, well, okay, they don't well, have what, the players. The point? You're not wrong, but they don't have the players to, to do it. They're just, they're just okay. trying to survive right now. Yeah, I mean, Gary, how long you – I mean, you got to be tired of saying that. But I, I, but I really believe, I, I, you know, I really believe my guy – if I can get Bush Davis back on that sideline, we would immediately go back to the top of college football. I really believe that. And I know it's not going to happen, and y'all don't like oh, that, Bush, that, whatever, yeah, whatever. That's, that, that's not happening, so. Okay. All right, let me let you go. we got we, we got a bunch of other people that want to get on the show, um, but give us a call again next week. All right, and, and, um, and I hope you and Steve uh, come down and enjoy the game this weekend. <laughs> I hate it. All right, all right. Let's go. Um, we got another call from the seven seven zero. It could be Steve <laughs> calling us back. But hey, you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Hello. Yeah, you're on the air. How you doing, Gary? Who's this? This is uh, Kane's nineteen seventy one. Darren Hunter from Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, what's going on, nineteen seventy one? What you got for us tonight? Oh uh, man, I just want to, you know, get on here and. Been about this game, I was down there in Tallahassee, and it was a wonderful, oh, man, it was exciting scenery down there. Uh, but just kind of disappointed. My guys looked like we were going to hang tough, tough in that first half, and I just knew we was going to come back in the second half. And to me, I felt like we should have ran the ball and a little more uh, with Dallas Crawford. You know, I think we really killed Duke Saturday night. I felt we should have, you know, same kind of, kind of, kind of the same setup that we've been doing, rotating him and Dallas in between one another. I don't think we should have ran him that much as we did Saturday tonight. But you know, that's hindsight twenty twenty. So we well, you want to get but, Duke Johnson all the touches you can. The only thing that I would do differently is I wouldn't be using him in short yardage. You know, too much right. pounding, too too many big bodies falling into the right. pile there. And you know, I'm not Monday morning quarterback in this. I've been saying this the whole season. You know, that's that's the only thing I would have done differently. Um, exactly. But, 
you know, you want you want Duke Johnson carrying the ball. Yeah, you do, you do, because he look. I mean, he looked awesome Saturday night, man. I was just wow. I was impressed with him so much, and uh, yeah, like you said, we, we should have. You know, I, I was trying to figure out why we didn't on four for two. Why didn't we run Hayden? I could not understand that to save my life. Well, but, either him you or know. you know, or, or 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 Gus Edwards, you know, is is a little bit of a yeah. bigger back that 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 hopefully would have developed into that role by now, but he hasn't. You know, they may use him a little this weekend. We'll see. We'll see where he's at. Yeah, because all right, you got anything else tonight? Much, yeah, just one thing. I think just as much as the running we were doing, that play action pass was there if we would have utilized it a little better. Well, let me what tell you, you, another problem is when you're you're not you know they're not running enough plays. They're not they, they don't have the ball enough. You know, because the defense has been struggling so much. They only ran 57 plays the other night. You know, typically they'd like to be at about 80. You know, I mean, and, and that's been a problem all year. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, you have a good man. Right. I appreciate yeah. you. Give us, give us a call again next week. week. Yeah. Okay. All right, we got Keenan Codrington from Rivals.com coming up soon. But first, we're going to go to the um, the 678, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. All right, let's shoot over to the um, the 404 now, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, how you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Thanks for holding on. I'm good, man. I'm dying laughing. <laughs> We're having oh, fun man. tonight, aren't we? People are people are fired up, man. They're they're fired up, and, and and you know what? You know some of the stuff being said tonight is harsh, but they're not wrong. You know they're 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 not wrong. No, no, no. But the point statement had me dying laughing. But let me let me be serious. But uh, yeah, that was a li- that's a little over the top, right? <laughs> uh. From the recruiting standpoint, I know the team is seven and one, and I, I, when I look at it from a, from a, a rational standpoint, honestly, you know, Miami just doesn't, doesn't have the depth, you know, in, in, the, in the talent right now. I mean, obviously, it's just it's going to take a little bit of time to bring the guys in and uh, maybe change up the scheme a little bit. Um, just strictly just recruiting um, and, and just moving forward. Uh, obviously, with the sanctions behind, um, with this class coming in. I'm not trying to overlook the season because I obviously the goal is to get to the HC championship and you know, you know, get to a bowl, a strong bowl, but but, but as it relates to recruiting, um, you know, we you were talking about both Scarborough, the kid, uh, in Florida and you got other big backs like Fournette. Um, let's just say you you're not able to get those guys. Um, obviously, you know, when you look around Florida or just any parts of the country there's other big backs that you, I think Miami, it may not be a five-star guy, a four-star guy, but just having that vision to bring in, you know, just a big physical back maybe because I think they need that, obviously, you know, moving forward. I mean, Duke is tremendous, Dallas Crawford, but you just, just moving forward for that offense, just when you look back at the you know, past Hurricane teams like in the early 2000s when you had, you had Willis McGee, you had Frank, and you had um, – Edron, you know, you know, physical, physical guys. In um, your observation, just trying to get an idea. I mean, how do you, is there like a, a backup plan if they don't get those scoreboard or maybe the Dalvin Cooks? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to bring Keenan Codrington onto the show right this minute. And uh, Keenan, thanks for joining us. And you know, help us. But, you know, where are the backup plans for big running backs out there? If you don't get Dalvin Cook, if you don't get Bo Scarborough, 
where can the Miami Hurricanes look next? Well, that's a good question, Gary. And, and, that, and that's a big question after watching Saturday night's game and the fourth and short situations that this team has been in all year. I think, um, I think Duke's a guy who is a big play guy, and I think he's a big play guy on the edge and in space. And Miami's trying to pound him between the tackles, and I think it's taken its toll on Duke. Obviously, he broke his ankle and kind of a freak play, but he's been a little banged up this year, I think, because of the uh, pounding he's starting to take. And that's, it's a lot of credit to Duke for trying to be that player, but I think you need to develop guys as well, like Dallas Crawford in those short yard situations and even Gus Edwards. But let's talk recruiting. Um, you know, Miami is the only school still talking to Sony Michelle, who is a, is a combo guy. He has speed, power, vision. He has everything you're looking for in the back um, and then some. He has good hands. Um, he's, he's willing to take punishment. He's willing to run between the tackles. And I think they need to go strong on a guy like Sony um, down the stretch to pair up with Yerby. I think Yerby and Sony both, being South Florida kids who play high-level competition, I don't think being the man is necessarily a bad thing for either of those guys. They both play against very good competition, and I think they'd be up for the challenge. So a guy like Sony Michelle would be a big back, but they can probably try to get uh, Bo Scarborough, Still seems pretty solid to Alabama. He was recruiting Deshaun Hand when Deshaun Hand was on his official visit, so he could be a long shot. Um, Dalvin Cook's a wild card. There's another big back in the city of Miami who's actually doing a pretty good job in Miami-Dade. I think he's number one or two in rushing is uh, Greg Howell from Coral Gables. He's around six foot one, 210 pounds, and he's kind of that big back um, that Miami could use down the stretch if they need to have a kind of a fallback plan. I mean, Maybe not Miami caliber at the moment, but he could develop into a guy you could see. Maybe they bring they bring in late. He has Minnesota USF offers, and he's kind of starting to get some interest in Cincinnati, Purdue, and some other schools. So, um, I mean, we're talking big backs. It's it's tough to find those big guys. Like Gary, you've seen Fournette at the Rivals 100 Five Star Challenge presented by Under Armour. There aren't many yep. guys like Fournette and Sony Michelle out there. I mean, they're they're it's a small sample size, and I think. Uh, Miami can get a little creative. I mean, um, but yeah, I think they really need to push for a guy like Michelle. Well, you know, Sony was at the Wake Forest game and right. really got about as much love as I've ever seen any recruit ever get. Um, mm-hmm. He was out there on the field during warm-ups. He basically was in the huddle the entire time. <laughs> Players were stopping right. their warm-ups to come give him a hug. Um, obviously, right. every coach on the team stopped what they were doing to come say hello to him. Uh, so clearly... He's still very welcome and wanted at Miami. Uh, just right. seems very entrenched still with, with Georgia. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, and uh, like you said, you know Dalvin Cook is is, is certainly um, looking like a long shot right now. So um, hard to really say where things are going at this running back position, Keenan. But um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about uh, the aftermath of the Florida State right. game and. You know, 150 right. recruits up there, and I'll tell you, I was up there, obviously, and walking around on the field before the game, and it was just staggering looking at that group um, right. and, you know, to, to how they passed the look test and, and the fact that Florida State was able to get all those kids uh, to come there uh, for the ball game. And, you know, for, first let me ask you, you know, how you think the game is going to impact recruiting for Florida State and Miami? Well, I think I mean that's a good question, and I think Miami had another had an opportunity earlier in the year against Florida where they had over 100 plus recruits. So 
it's great to get these guys on campus. Now, however, you only can sign 25 per class, and depending on your numbers, or you know. Um, so, I think I think with both Miami and Florida State, it's going to have an impact. But again, both schools are pretty close to their limit this year. I think it's going to make a big impact for next year. I've caught up with uh, about four players who attended the game in person. Um, Travis Rudolph won a couple of 2015 guys like Calvin Ridley and Sean Burgess Becker and Calvin Bruton. And they both, all the, all three of those players have Miami and Florida State in their top five. So I think um, it's going to probably come down to a numbers game. I think Miami is obviously still 7-1 and one with a chance to win the ACC and replay Florida State. So you could see, you could see the recruits starting to look at further down the road, but I think Miami is ahead of schedule as far as the direction of their program. I think Florida State's a little ahead right now as far as depth, so I think recruiting for both schools should take off, you know, towards the tail end of this recruiting class, but more so for next year, and I think that's something, you know, you and I touched on before where a lot of these 2015 guys, and you saw them, and it's almost, it was like a who's who of the Rivals 250, even for the 2014 class, but for the 2015 class of guys that were there in Tallahassee at that game, too. Um, now, you know, guys like Moten were in attendance. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Travis Rudolph. Did, did Travis mention anything uh, in regards to Miami and, and, and his po- the possibility that he might reconsider the Hurricanes here? You know what? I, I talked to Travis mainly about the Florida State visit, um, his upcoming visit to Alabama, and then his possible fourth, um, sorry, fifth official visit to be to Auburn. I asked him about Miami specifically. I said, is Miami still eliminated from your list from the last conversation Travis and I had? And he said, no, Miami is not eliminated from his list. So probably a small glimmer of hope if you're um, a Miami fan. I don't know what the coaching staff is doing as far as actively recruiting Travis. Obviously, they would probably like to get him back in the mix, maybe bring him down for an official visit, you know, in December or January when they host official visitors. But, um, you know, I think Florida State's in good shape for Travis. I think Alabama um, could, you know, compete with Florida State when he takes his official visit. But, you know, he, did, he didn't discount it this time. Like, there's been times where he and I talked and he said Miami's completely out of it. So um, that's a little bit of a, you know, nugget to hang on if you're a Miami fan and, and um, hoping that Travis can come back in this class. I mean, obviously, you know, Gary, he has the strong ties to the school with his cousin being Devin Hester and his high school coach being Steve Walsh. So I think, you know, I think there's still some Miami people in his corner, but, you know, we'll still see how it goes down the stretch. Well, you know, I think the one thing you got to remember is not everybody's going to be able to go to, to Florida State or Alabama. <laughs> so, right, you know, right. some of these kids are going to have to find other homes. And, right. and, you know, I think that's why Miami is continuing to recruit them so heavily. And, and Travis Absolutely. Rudolph could fall into that category. And it's also going to help if they get Johnny Dixon here in a couple of weeks as, yeah, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Keenan, before we Absolutely. let you go for tonight, um, you know, anything else hot that you see from the Miami angle? Yeah, you know, uh, you know the November 30th decision on Johnny Dixon is going to be pretty big. I'm looking to catch up with Anthony Moten. Um, this week, I'm planning to go to the St. Thomas Deerfield game. He is scheduled to be at Miami um, this Saturday um, for Virginia Tech. I know Morrill Stevens, who's a Rivals 250 wide receiver um, slash tight end, is scheduled to take his official visit to Miami this weekend. I spoke to Morrill's dad last week, and he said, you know, he 
if the visit goes well, he's all on board for his son, um, you know, leaving the northern part of Florida to come down to Miami. I know Brandon Carroll is recruiting him pretty heavily as an athlete. They love his size. He's around six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pounds. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. He really, Miami wasn't really in the mix for you know early on. I think it was kind of Florida, Kentucky, and some other schools. But I think Miami's kind of making a late push with them. So you know, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on Moten possibly making a decision pretty early here as the playoffs get started in high school football. I know his coaches want him to get his decision with, get his decision over with and final this time around. So, you know, Johnny Dixon, Moral Stevens, Anthony Moten, those are guys over the next month I would keep a close eye on for the Hurricane fans. All right, Keenan, thanks for uh, calling in tonight, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Sounds good, Gary. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, that's Keenan Codrington, recruiting analyst for Rivals.com, a regular fixture of the show, giving us a little insight into what he's seeing around the state of Florida. All right, now for the rest of the show, we've got 35 more minutes of your phone calls. We're going to get back to the board, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. I'm going to go out now to the uh, 614, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, this is Bill, also known as BG Kane on the board. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Bill? Hey, thank you so much for holding on. No, that's fine. Gary, I just I need a couple minutes of your time. What are we on defense? Um, you know, ever since last year, ever since Golden, you know, got hired, I know, I know he comes from the Al Grove coaching tree, but, I mean, he's explained that we're a 4-3 base to a multiple defense, and I've even heard some 3-4 this year. What are we? Um, because I don't, I don't see how you can be a multiple. I, I don't see how you can really switch to a three-four and four-three. Because, I mean, honestly, you kind of need some different personnel in your front seven for for running each of those uh, defenses. Um, and I don't think you can be very good at doing both. So I guess my first question to you, and I want to follow up is what are we and what is Golden and D'Onofrio want us to be? Well, I mean, those are two different questions. What are they right now? I'm going to tell you what they are. (laughs) They're a unit just trying to survive. I mean, they're challenged. I mean, you see what's going on. I mean, average teams like Wake Forest. Did you see Wake Forest got shut out by Syracuse? after giving the yeah. Miami defense such a hard time the week before. Now, that little receiver they had that was creating all the havoc got hurt, and you're seeing what happened when he was not part of their offense. They couldn't score. So that begs the question, if you take him out of the offense and they can't score, why the heck didn't they take him out of the offense You know, when they were defending him? You know, I think they're trying to survive right now. You know, They don't have impact players. They don't have kids that are consistent. There's a lot of mental errors still being made. And I think it's play-by-play survival, to be honest with you. And it's unfortunate, and you're not going to beat good teams like this. And that's why they're getting blown out every time they play a good team. Um, but it is what it is. And if they can go 11-1 and like this, uh, it would be the accomplishment of all accomplishments. Well, but I, I understand that. I know we don't have the talent that we need to be an elite team on defense. But I guess what's the philosophy? Because i got to be honest with you. Like if we're a four-three team, like Golden said initially, I don't know why you would want Chicolo to gain. I don't know why you would want Chicolo to be 275 pounds. So that makes him a true tweener. He's not going to be a rush end at that at that mass, but he's not going to be a 
defensive tackle in the three four, he's going to be too small. Like I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, like with Green, I mean he's just totally undersized. I, I don't even care what defense you're running. Um, he's just, I mean, he's going to be plays I mean, hard. I mean, I, what are we? I mean, I, I, I know we're. I, I think right now they're 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 trying to do whatever they think the situation calls for to try to have success. And and right now they're a little bit of everything. They're a little bit of everything right now. What do we want to be? I guess. I mean, do, I mean. Has Gold, I think that'll, I mean, be, that'll be decided things. by the personnel. That'll be decided by the personnel they're able to bring in. I just, but you why know? do you think they would want Chicolo to gain that much weight and be a rush and in a four Because he was getting I mean, his butt kicked. Because twenty pounds lighter, he was getting his butt kicked. He couldn't but do anything for them twenty it. pounds lighter. He's not quick enough he, to be a rush end. Even at two fifty, he wasn't. He was getting his butt kicked. So they they might as well grow him to two seventy to where he's a he's a workman like starting defensive end that you might be able to win ten games with eleven games, <laughs> you know. But is he going to make he, great plays against Florida State that are going to change that game? No, not even close. I can't remember one play he made the other night. Not one. The only time I noticed him the whole night was when he was gouging the guy's eyes from down under at the bottom of the pile. So I mean, like. I mean, what do you think? I mean, like, I, I I still don't understand what we're working toward. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I, I guess it's a, I, I, mean, I think they're not good enough right now, and they're not close to good enough. You know, they're not close. They're not close. So, I know we're not close, but we don't have a philosophy as well. I mean, like, you got to have it. I mean, like, look at Pruitt. You gotta have play, before you thing. can have a philosophy, you got to have guys that you can count on. That can go out there and play and not make mistakes and play and can play aggressively and don't let receivers go free. You know they didn't pick up that that um, Devontae Freeman on that little screen pass and he went 50 yards on him. I mean that that's that you can't play defense like that. You don't. No, you don't I know. See Miami doing that against anybody. No, I know that, but I mean like we're we're losing against every type of scheme imaginable. Then if somebody wants to run it at us. We're undersized. If somebody wants to throw to the flat, we're not fast enough. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like or um, aren't getting you know, out there, or aren't reading the play and getting out there the way you're supposed to. There was a guy assigned to Devontae Freeman on that play. He just was nowhere in the same zip code. Who was it? You know, you can't play defense like that. It's like no, you know, you, you but, just can't. Doesn't matter what you want true. your identity to be. True, but I got to be honest with you, and I like Golden. I mean, Golden was probably one of the only – was one of a handful of guys that could get us through this mess in the NCAA. I think he's probably a top five CEO as far as college football coaches. I no guess question. my question is, is, you know, there are more and more guys of his that are, are starting to get more minutes in this defense. But, you know, I mean, like, is – is uh, McCord and Alquadine are they going to be every are they going to be every down guys? Because if they're every da- are they going to be groomed to ever to be every down? Because if that's the case, we're going to be running a four three. But if we're going to win a three I don't, four, I those guys are outside linebackers. Yeah, I personally don't know that I see McCord being an every down player. You know, he he is a tweener. Um, I, I think you got to hope he could put on another ten or fifteen. And could still be effective in the pass rush. Muhammad, I think, has a chance. You know, he yeah. has a chance. But why to are we recruiting a, tweeners? A frontline defensive end, huh? Why are we recruiting tweeners then? I mean, I, that's the thing. What is the defensive philosophy if if Al and and D'Onofrio have their guys, quote unquote, their guys? 
right, what are we running? I mean, what are we running? I mean, is it going to be a 4-3 where you're going to have linebackers in the 220s or 230s? Or is it going to be Alabama where you're going to have 3-4 guys in the 250s and 260s? Because that's going to take – if we're going to be a 3-4 like Al Golden has been groomed to be by Al Groh, that's going to take years, man. I mean, it really will. It'll take years. And we're going to have to – we're going to have to have a front seven of all JUCOs almost for the next two or three years while our prep guys are going to have to work in the weight room. I mean, that's the thing. That's my only criticism of Golden and D'Onofrio. What are we? What do you guys want us to be? And then I think the fans will be a little more patient with what we're trying to do on defense. At least I will. I'm just tell us what you want to do, you know, because if you're going to be a 4-3, we're not a 4-3. We're not, we're too small to be a 3-4. We're just like nothing. We're, I mean, we're just right now, guys you're, you're, on the field. You're stuck in the middle, which is which is quicksand. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't it argue. Is. You can't argue that it point. It, it, it's true. Uh, and it, and it you see it when they out. go. You see it when they play average teams, and when they play a good team, you really see it. Seriously, I've been a long time subscriber to yours. Have Matt. I mean, if Matt could ask. Al a question at his next press conference, what would you like us to be ultimately, a 4-3 or a 3-4? That would be a great question because then you would, I think the fans, us fans, would know, okay, we're progressing to a 3-4, it's going to take years, but if we're a 4-3, you do not have Chicolo gain that much weight. You don't. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, right? I mean, like, I don't see how I mean, I, I think they were, they were, it, they were in a tough situation with Chicolo. He he was getting manhandled at 250. He had to get That's bigger. Fine, he had to get he had he had to get stronger. At least now he can hold his own at the point of attack. He still doesn't make plays, but at least he could survive up there. But I mean, are we are we are we shooting the gaps or trying to control the gaps? Because that's another thing in the four three. I mean, you shoot those gaps. In three four, you control the gaps. I don't know what we're running on defense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it, it's very frustrating for a fan to watch and see when are these guys getting after the quarterback? All they need some hand moves. I mean, at the line, and they're they're plenty strong. I mean, just I don't know. They're not shooting the gaps. They're trying to control the gaps, which means they're kind of a three-four. Uh, but I mean, like our our blitzes are so obvious that you know that I mean the quarterback all these and they, quarterbacks they in the ACC. No, they know. They, they know they, where they didn't the come close to working the other day. Yeah, and I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I'm fine with the zone if you're not confident in your secondary. That's that's fine to me as a fan because that means okay, the Nafrio, we don't have the horses in the secondary. But what are we doing in the front seven? I don't get it. I mean, do you? Well, get I think it, the honestly? corners. You know, the corners are playing well enough now. They're they're able to play a little bit more man. Okay, that's fine, but why aren't we rushing the quarterback? I mean, without a blitz. I mean, are our guys in the defensive line not good enough, or are we not shooting the gaps properly? They're not good enough. Or are we just reading and reacting? Okay, so we're not reading and reacting. They're just not good enough. Just not good enough. Is that right? Yep, that's that's my opinion. Watching the game, I'm taking too much of your time. I apologize. But watching the game, it looks like our guys are reading and reacting. They're, they're reading the quarterback, and they're trying to control their gaps, which is fine. But, I mean, like, God, man, we'll, you're just we'll you're a get, quagmire. Get on them. We'll, we'll, we'll ask Coach D'Onofrio that, that question next week. Please. Thank you, you, know, you Gary. You know, it's been great. All right. Thank you.
Thanks for calling. Yeah, give Bye-bye. us a call next week. All right, let's go out now to the 305, where uh, you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary? Yes, sir. How you doing? It's Myra 55. <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, uh, pretty good. Been on hold for an hour and a half, so you guys almost covered yeah, all Yeah, we apologize. We, I mean, this, the board is, jam- is jam-packed, man. Oh, we, got, we, got fire, we got fired up people tonight. We're trying to let oh, everybody yeah, have no, their uh, say. Go ahead. What do you got? I mean, I'm... I'm a realist, so I, you know, going into the game at very low expectations, and like you spoke about, uh, watching that Wake Forest game at 12 o'clock made me even a little bit more uh, <laughs> nervous going into the game. You know, just watching that was a little bit uh, scary. But I mean, I would think with Miami, I think we're at least two recruiting cycles away from getting back to at least, you know, a, a top 10 team here, and. Uh, you know, just wanted to make a point with recruiting, and it's just coming, you know, more into fruition now that a lot of these players are who we thought they were, and there's no real surprise that probably our biggest impact players right now on the defense would be Harriman and uh, Tracy Howard, and they were, you know, probably recruited like, you Thank know, high four-star, four five-star players. Don't leave out you know, Gunner and, now. Uh, Gunner's playing better than anybody. That's true. That's true. And, you know, and they did reach out for them. You know, we've definitely done, you know, much better. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, we should have a great offensive line. I mean, we have more talent at receiver, tight end, and, you know, with Duke, obviously, you know, that, that, you know, I just don't understand why the offense, and, you know, you've made some good points, you know, they haven't been on the field, but just, you know, a lot of, you know, the, you know, the regression of Morris, can't really understand that, and I'm not buying this ankle injury. And, I, was, I, I, you know, maybe for a week or two, I kind of gave it a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit, but, I mean, now it's been four or five weeks of just total regression almost. I just wanted to, what you thought of that situation. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Coach Golden's starting to get a little annoyed. You could, you could see a little edge in his voice. Um, the offensive line, I think, is suffering from all the shuffling. You know, that there's just not enough continuity there and and that's whose fault is the, that i mean that's that's well that i mean, it, 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 I, mean I think it's multiple faults you know i, I think it's, it's multiple faults i yeah, you know i think there's a couple no but you know there's a couple things to play yeah Chantrell henderson go crazy on him here in the middle of the year that was stupidity yeah. um Expected. i think mcdermott <laughs> has been struggling a little bit this year and wheeler has really come on. So they've been trying to play Wheeler more. So they're, they're having Wheeler play guard. They're having him play center. Uh, they got Linder switching between right tackle and right guard. Um, Bunch yeah. has come and gone from the lineup. The only guy that's really been the staple has been Flowers at left tackle. And, you know, he's playing great. But I just think right. that an offensive line, you've got to put the five guys at their, at their positions, and they've got to work together, and they've got to build some chemistry and cohesiveness. And to me, that's what's missing, and that's why they're great on one play and average on the next. Yeah. Just uh, you know, another statement I want to make. It's a very bold statement, but I guess, you know, seeing through the recruiting cycles and just seeing, I think that the use of Duke Johnson this year has been outright pitiful. And when I see Duke Johnson – run the ball three or four times between the tackles, I cringe. I mean, I think Duke Johnson is a 15 to 20 touch per game player, which includes punt returns, kick returns, whatever it may be, get the kid in space. I mean, the kid is a Reggie Bush type. And when I see him run into the middle, and that's no one's fault. I mean, it's just the way it is what it is. He stuck with Miami. A lot of the other running backs failed. I think the biggest loss that they possibly could have had in the last five years is not 
everyone's famous person, you know, the guy, kid that went to Arkansas, it's not him. It's Storm Johnson. That's who they're really missing that type of back because if they had a Storm Johnson who actually was a hurricane, then you're looking at him taking 25 carries a game and seeing Duke Johnson be able to play in space. Him how about having four this? catches on huh? – what was that? How about this, Robert, how about this? They should have both of them. They should yeah, both be saying. on this roster. I, I agree with you completely, but, I mean, Gary, I mean, just being through, you know, knowing Miami football and seeing, I mean, to watch Duke Johnson. I mean, and it's too late now. The kids – but when he got ta- – I bet you if you ask Duke Johnson how many times he's been tackled in space from behind in his career, it's got to be two or three times. And when I watched him in that North Carolina game get caught by that kid from behind, I go, this is – I can't believe this is happening. This is not Duke Johnson. This is not the kid who's the legend of – you know, Liberty City uh, optimists and everything like that. That is not Duke Johnson, and it is what it is now, and it's just happened to have, but that is a disservice that they've done that this kid because I don't – I mean, you can't go back now, but, I mean, it's just the way that they've used him is not Duke Johnson. That is not the way that he should have been used. But it is what it is. I'm very happy with the progress. It's November 2nd. We're talking about a rele- uh, uh, relevant Miami team whatever, 7-1, and one, chance for the ACC championship. He's done it. And like you said, he's getting by with, with these kids. So you know what? As a fan, I'm excited. I know the future is very bright. But, you know, it's, you know, they're, they're, you know there is a lot of disappointment there also because you do see a lot of major holes and you see a lot of major misses in recruiting. You see Amari Cooper playing for Alabama. And you spoke about the other kid they went down here to get before. But, Eddie, Eddie you know, Jackson, imagine if all Eddie these kids Jack. were on the team. Imagine if they all were on the Teddy Bridgewater. Um, we don't you know, have to go. That, I mean, we, we could have recruiting conversations. Hey, how about the running back at Wisconsin, the, 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 the James White kid at Wisconsin who's got like 30-something touchdowns? You know, there's, there's just so I mean, many. There's, there's just too many kids how, getting away. How do you like when you see uh, Giovanni Bernard, the best player on the field Thursday night against the Dolphins, and who does Randy Shannon recruit? Eduardo Clement. <laughs> I mean, you got to – your stomach's yeah. got to go to a little turning when you see that. And then you see uh, Freeman running 50 yards down the, the field. And who's, who's running after him? A reserve defensive lineman, Renfro, from, you know, running 10 yards behind him. So, you know, you got to cringe when you see that. But, also, I mean, obviously there's tough There's clothing. tough moments. But, you know, like, like you said, they're 7-1. and one, And if they, if they could by somehow just put it together here this last month, uh, this team right. could be looking at an 11 and one season, and can you imagine going 11 and one with a team this incomplete? I mean, that'd be a phenomenal accomplishment. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. You know, when I, you know, watching that Wake Forest game the other day, when you're also seeing, you know, and you know, obviously North Carolina, I think is a little bit better than they put, you know, in their record, obviously, and. Uh, Georgia Tech is tough to, you know, they could get up for anyone. But Miami at any given moment can lose anyone. They could lose to Duke. They could lose to anyone. But, you know, no there's been a lot. You know, Golden Golden had to take the chances with some of these kids. And, you know, and they, you know, a lot of them. I mean, I've never seen a roster turn over so much in my life. Gosh, no, but. they got to, but they, they just got to keep working and hope that it all starts to click here in the last month. All right, Robert, I'm going to let you go. Do you agree with um, my? Uh, wait, do, just real quick, do you agree with yeah. my uh, Duke Johnson assessment? I mean, do you? I mean, just yeah, I don't. From, I, I don't. I'm not as strong on it as you are. I mean, I think you want the ball in Duke's hands, but I agree with you. Way too much up the middle between the tackles, particularly on short yardage situations when they're really bunching up and you've got an, ex, an extra big body in there and. 
Um, he's just his right. body was not going to hold up in that situation. I agree with you. Right. All right, All right hey, Gary, hey, good well, for the man. Yeah, give us, uh... give us, give us, give us a call again next week. You got Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Great speaking. All right, bye bye. All right, let's shoot out now to the um, let's go to the four oh seven, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Thanks for holding on. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, my name is Jay. Got a quick okay. question, man. This is yeah. going back to the not the last caller, but the caller before that. You know, I agree with him as far as the defense, man. You know, being a Kane, a longtime Kane's fan, Miami has always ran an attacking four-three defense. And when I see this garbage on the field, I'm not saying it's the players, but I think it's coaching. Because you can't ask people that are undersized to try to control the gaps. Get in the gap and go. Attack. I mean, our linebackers, when their Florida State was running the isolation, these guys are sitting there, and they're meeting the fullback on their side of the ball, three yards past the line of scrimmage. When you're running an attacking 4-3 defense, you should be making that, that thing happen two yards in their backfield. And then a play where Freeman got loose on the sideline, they should be running a cover two man. That's the outside linebacker should be matching up against that back. Wherever that he was back supposed goes, to. He didn't get goes. out there. He was supposed to. See, that's coaching. That's coaching. That's coaching. That's film recognition. That's looking at being, being able to decipher, uh, depending on the type of formations that they're playing, uh, uh, what, what percentage of plays that they're going to run out of that formation. Knowing that when they, when they get a fullback in the game, you know for a fact they're coming at you with an isolation or a lead. And you know you've got to meet that play in the backfield. It, it's, it's crazy. And that, hey, I'm not going to – We need to go get the guy from Michigan State. He's running, he's running them old Miami defense from the 80s and the 90s. That's who we need. This, this stuff they're running, man, I, I, I don't know what it is. And like the guy said, it's going to take years to, to, to build a 3-4, a man. You've got to have the right personnel to build that type of defense. Well, well, I, think, you know, I don't know, man. You also need, I think you also need to play the level of players from the 80s and 90s, and I don't think there's close to that right now. I mean, I, I, I really don't. You know, I, I, don't think, I don't think the coaches are immune from, from you know, taking some of the blame, but I, I, I go more towards the middle. I think it's a combination of the two. I think, I think they're all in it together. And it's, it's the players and the coaches, and, and you know, yeah, they, they got to get it I done mean, together. I saw guys, I saw guys, man. Walking, jogging. I mean, I didn't. It, it. I don't know, man. Like that intent, that intensity, man. It's just not there. I don't know what's going on. One thing you could always depend on with Miami is that they're going to get after you. They're going to be nasty and they're going to get after you. I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that that same type of mentality. And there's plenty of times where they could have literally stuffed Florida State, but it's like those guys, like they they can't get off of blocks. They're not using hand checks. They're not doing nothing. They're, they're, they're outflanked. The, the, the inside, the, the outside linebackers are inside the fullback instead of outflanking the fullback. What the heck are they doing? Like he said, are, are we running a three-four? Are we running a, 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 a base, you know, a, a control type of four-three to keep the, the offensive linemen off the linebackers, or are we running an attacking four-three? We got to get penetration kills the run. <laughs> penetration. Pressure the quarterback. We got to do something, man. This this is unacceptable. I think they're doing a little bit of it all right now. You know. Yeah, I but think you can't. Grasped. You can't. They're you grasped. take one philosophy. 
You pick one philosophy, and you stand behind that philosophy. You don't change. You get the players you need for your system. If they don't fit in your system, then you don't recruit them. If, if, this, if this guy's a tweener and you don't see potential to, for him to play in your system, then, hey, don't recruit him. Because the bottom line is Michigan State, they, their, their players are not as talented as what we have currently. But the scheme that they're running is what Miami used to run back in the day. They used to run an attacking 4-3 defense backed up with cover two man. And this, this stuff they're running now, man, I, I mean, a zone, why would you sit back in a zone? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Unless you're well, they disguising, did play, they did unless play you're more playing man. zone. They played more man on Saturday. They did. Now, they played a lot of zone, too. <laughs> but they, they, but what, they what did I'm play saying, What I'm saying, Gary, you can give them a zone look, but you can shift the man. You you yep. you know what I'm saying? You can you can you can you can give them a zone look, but you can shift into man. Well, I just think I just it would don't, help. I don't get yeah, it, man. It That's front seven. I, I just don't get it, man. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like the linebackers, even Perriman, he the kid is talented. But what lets me know he's not being coached right is that if you waiting, if they're running an isolation at you, if they're coming right at you. You should be making that. You should be making that play two yards behind the line of scrimmage. It should not be three and four yards on his side of the ball. He is not meeting that guy in the hole. He's not. I'm telling you, man. It's coaching. It is coaching. It has to be coaching. All right. But anyway, man, man, I don't want to take up. I don't want to take up your time, man. But I, I, that defense, man, something's got to change, man. I, I'm not concerned about the offense. The offense is going to come around, but defense win championships. And until we get our defense in line, man, I'm telling you, you're never going to be. We're never going to be Florida State until we get that defense right. We have got to get no, that no defense argument. right. No argument with you on that one. All right, hey, thanks a million for calling. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's shoot out now to the uh, three, two, one, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm good, Gary. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Hey, man. I'm from the Space Coast over here, man. Um, I'm just going to – I'm going to straddle the fence a little bit, and I'm just going to – I'm going to get the coaches some credit. Uh, I think Al Golden and those guys and D'Onofrio are doing a great job right now being based on what they got. I mean, um, it's rough right now. Uh, I think, number one, we just don't have it on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if you look back at the days when Miami was winning, um, the, the recruiting is just in there. I mean, um, we don't have the speed on defense. That's pretty much what it is. We, so used, what, to, to recruit, we used to recruit guys from, uh, you know, they played, I guess, wide receiver and uh, running back in high school, and we got them to the U. We changed positions. I mean, we put them on the defense side of the ball. I mean, we don't, we don't, I don't see that speed there personally. Just, just, just me. I don't see the speed to be able to cover linebackers, tight ends. I mean, I get Tracy Howard and Gunter and Bush and Perriman. But at the end of the day, I just think that defense and the speed, it just ain't there right now. Offensive-wise, um, I think we have it, but except for the quarterback position. And I think with the, um, the new offensive coordinator, I think he's just, you know, hello, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're still here. Go ahead. I just think uh, with the offensive coordinator, I think, you know, it's his first year, so I'm going to give him credit. 
you know, he's, he's trying to buy into the system. He's trying to learn these guys. And, um, you know, with the Duke Johnson situation, I really think they used him in the wrong way like everybody else has been saying. I just think that you got to use him out in space and use the rest of the running backs, you know. Um, just, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's all good points, you know. I mean, you know, we, we've we've rehashed a lot of them over and over again tonight. But I mean, you know, I think you're making good points. I I you know, I think it is what it is. And like I said, if this team this team's going to be favored the last four weeks here, if they win these games and go eleven and one with all these problems, oh my! I mean, my God, it would be one of the exactly. greatest accomplishments in modern day times. Exactly. From what they from what they got right now on this team, I mean. Because, like you said, we don't have the horses. I just don't personally think we have the horses to really put a Florida State right now. I mean, we and it really have shows when you go against the really good teams like Florida State. Exactly. And Dane exactly. It shows. That's it when showed. it really jumps out of you. Exactly. It shows. Because I saw that game. I mean, we hung it in the first half. But in that second half, we made no adjustments. I mean, I saw those guys out there, and I was like, oh, man. After we, I mean, it, I mean, it was a couple of plays that we didn't make. I mean, if we made a, I mean, if we would have scored that first touchdown maybe after halftime or something like that, or maybe don't throw that pick. That was you know, the key to the game right there. We could have went to the right fourth there. quarter. We could have made a tighter game. But at the no, end that was of the day, key. yeah, the, the key, which, the key which, was which not play? scoring coming out of halftime. That, oh, that ruined the whole game for Miami. Because yeah, that ruined, if, yeah, that, that, you, and you cannot if you take score that. anything there, even a field goal, and, and you make anything, it a, you make anything. it a four point game or, or or a tie game in the middle of the third exactly. quarter. Now Florida exactly. State's you know going to start tightening up a little bit. They've they've never been in that situation yet this year. Exactly. Now, Gary, I just want if 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 you or Matt or somebody could just ask ask the offensive coordinator or somebody, the head coach Al Golden, this one question for me: Where is the flat passes to the running backs in the in the open space on the side? I just, it, I mean, Stephen Morris I, I, doesn't, I've been get, looking for that doesn't play get there this whole season. I look back, I went back and looked at the Florida State game last year. I mean, I had to just look at it because I recall that Duke Johnson must have caught at least three or four passes out the backfield. Mike James, I mean, this, I saw Duke Johnson run up in the middle of the field and catching passes in front of the linebackers. I mean, you got to get those linebackers out of the middle of the field so you're sort of open up the open up for your tight end. I mean, you got to open up some space. Duke is magnificent in space. You got to do something to open up some. I, I haven't seen it all year. It's like, what are you doing, Coley? I mean, you didn't take nothing from last year. I, I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I'm, when I see that, if we can change up that, maybe this two a game would make me happy. I mean, I, if y'all can ask that question, I don't know how you're going to ask it, but I mean. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it was good talking to you, Gary, man. And, uh, All right, yeah, thank, thanks, thanks a million for calling. Give us a call again um, next week. All right, let's shoot out now to the uh, nine five four, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, how are you? Doing good. Just uh, just listen to the conversations for all the calls, man. I appreciate all the canes, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of how everyone has good points. And just to go back to the game, uh, just like you mentioned, um, it was very key that that touchdown. If we were to score that touchdown after half, I mean, or at least score score a field goal, we were to at least be at the game, be in the game. And um, question, and I'm looking in, and as far as the overall, uh, as far as play, player development at the U in the past ten years or so, uh, have do you believe that we're doing a great job of these? Uh, recruits, five-star, four-star recruits coming in 
And are we doing a great job of player development in, in terms of getting them to the next level? Um, because, I mean, it shows right now in the, in the college level, I mean, from freshman to senior year, like I don't see um, Stephen Morris. I mean, the guys, he's very skillful, as you can see. I mean, he's accurate in his passes, some of his passes. He has a good arm, but his decision-making and his uh, QB IQ, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So I have to ask you that question uh, as a Kane fan. Do you believe are we doing good with our player development? I think they're doing a, a better job of it now than any, at any time in the last decade. Um, the thing I'm a little puzzled by is the fact that the team has not improved as the season's gone along. You know, it's a little bit unusual. Um, but I, I think that you saw a lot of good player development in the off season this year, and now they just need to start taking it to the field. I agree, I agree. And, you know, and, I, and just looking at the, the game uh, on the defensive side, and I and I believe that we play this. I mean, I understand we don't have any uh, depth as far as in all positions, but uh, Highsmith, I mean, man, um, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, it was a couple passes where, or a couple plays where he just didn't look back for the ball. I mean, uh, I yeah, he, when, he the, when the when the uh, competition gets amped up, he struggles. He's just not that athletically gifted, you know. Yeah, and and just to go back, and I and I we had some great conversations in the past with uh, just just the topic of the four three and the three four schemes on defense. Of and I understand that we don't have the players coming in, the freshmen like Muhammad and McCoy. They're not uh, as far as uh, developed right now to play every down player. But if you look at it. I mean, these guys are running off the edge, and they're getting to the quarterback faster than Chicolo or Green. These guys are just bodies. Yeah, and, just well, and Muhammad, you remember Muhammad didn't even get into camp until right before it opened. You know, he missed the summer workouts. I mean, you know, so I think you got to hope that next year with a full off season that he could really come back as a as a really high-quality player. Yeah, and um, I'm just going to give an opportunity for all the Canes because uh, I know we're – uh, getting into clutch time right now, but uh, there's one more topic I have to ask you and one question I have to ask you, and I really want you to be real honest because this is something my deep thought is that, I mean, I, I, I like Al Golden. I like his uh, philosophy. I understand he has um, he has a great vision, um, but um, do you think um, he's that coach that can take us to the national championship and win? I, do, I, I do, but, has- I, but I think there's still going to be some adjustments that, that are going to need to be made along the way. Right, you know, right, right, right. Yeah, but but I knew I I have a lot of belief in him as CEO. You know, I but I think he's still learning. You know what it's going to take to get it done at this level. Right, right, right. You know, remember, um, you, you know, remember he's he, you know he was the head coach at Temple, and you know yeah. now at Miami in, in year three, you know this is a whole different ball game, a whole different beast here. So you know, right. But, but he's he, doing, I think he's doing really well. Remember, it took Butch Davis six years to win in double yeah. digits. I feel pretty confident Al Golden's going to do it this year. So, okay. you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a monumental collapse to not win mm. at least 10, if not 11 games this year. And, you know, Howard Schnellenberger didn't do it till year five. Butch Davis mm. didn't do it till year six. So, you know, Coach Golden's doing pretty good. All right, I'm going to let yeah, you go get call again next week. I'm going to try to squeeze um, one more call in here tonight. Um, let's go out for the final call tonight to the 904, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, Gary? What's shaking, man? 
right. My name is B. I'm from Jacksonville. So I've got a, a question in regards to uh, everybody's the same thing, the offense and the defense. My thing is, you know, the Canes, we've always been aggressive. But on the offense, like you stated earlier uh, with the previous call, you know we needed to score coming out at the half. Why not play aggressive? We came out playing like conservative. And I knew then that Coach Golden, I don't know if it's actually Coach Golden who was making decisions, but they're playing, they played for the state like they actually were intimidated or scared. Like they, they didn't really test their cornerback. I know everybody keeps saying that they have a big gap in talent. I didn't see the, the gap on their defense as far as their cornerbacks. I mean, Hearn had his way with the cornerbacks. Yeah, and Coley was open on that one deep ball. You know, he was open on that one deep ball. But if Coley even tried to catch the ball with two hands, there's a touchdown or or a big first down inside, you know, the 10. If Miami is fortunate enough to get back into another game with Florida State, um, I would like to see them really go after those guys with the passing game. You know, I I think that would give them the best chance. And it might not work, and, and it might blow up, and they might get blown out doing it that way too. But, you know, I, I agree with you that I think they could do some things against that defense with the passing game. As, as good as that secondary is, those corners are really aggressive, and you can run by those guys at times. Yeah, now, you can. Let me just, um, I hear a lot of people at, dogging Stephen Morris, but I think Stephen did pretty good. Now, real quick, you know, I, I just want to go over, and then we're going to uh, have to end the show. But, you know, you mentioned the first okay. drive of the third quarter and, and being aggressive. Um, they came out, Morris completed a sideline pass to Walford for an eight-yard game, and then Duke Johnson ran for the first down. <clears throat> so then they had, right. they had first and ten at their own 42 at that point. And here's where I thought that it really came apart for them, um, you know, the Duke run, the next Duke run only got two yards, and then they tried to throw that, a slam pass to Herb Waters that was incomplete. So now they were in a long yardage situation, third and eight, and, and Stephen Morris got sacked on the play. And Miami wasn't heard from again for the rest of the day. But on that, on that play to Duke, it, it should have never been a run. It should have actually been a play action because they, were, they had no safeties back deep. They had everybody up in the box expecting a run. It's like everybody knows what we're doing before we do it. And but that, I saw it. I said, now, and I'm looking at the game. I said, now they're going to run. And they ran the ball. Well, I mean, it was curtains so after that. if I could that. see it, they could see it. Yep. Just it. I'm just saying it was curtains after after that sack. Miami wasn't heard from again. And it's a shame, Last you know, point, but you, know, you just, you just got to hope. That's point, You got, what'd you right? say? What's that? Can we please at least get some pressure with the green and the chicken? I think McCoy is Chicklow shows that he's ready to you're breaking up on us, but it, it sounded like you were talking about um, Green and Chicklow as starting defensive ends. The reason they're out there is because they're so strong against the run, uh, but no question they're struggling on the pass rush, and Miami's just going to keep recruiting because right now they don't have a complete defensive end that can do both. All right, I want to thank the whole Kane Nation for um, their participation in the show tonight. Another great show, full board the whole the whole night. If, if I didn't get to your calls, I apologize. Um, you know, get in with us a little earlier next week, and, and, and we'll try to make it up to you. Big game this weekend against Virginia Tech. 
Hopefully the Hurricanes can show up big, come out with a good offensive game plan that compensates for the loss of Duke Johnson and Philip Dorsett. Hopefully the defense gets its act together from the opening whistle this time, and they don't fall behind, and the Hurricanes can seize control of the Coastal Division. I want to thank Keenan Codrington for joining us once again tonight. And Canes fans, I'll see you at the stadium on Saturday, and we'll be back next week to do Canes Sport Live all over again. Have a good night.